At the end of the day, when you're all alone in the dark, the only thing that counts is this, the law. And you will be alone when you swear to uphold these ideals. For most of us, there's only dust in the streets. For the few of us that survived to old age, the proud loneliness of the long walk. A walk that every judge must take outside these city walls into the unknown and there spend your last remaining days taking law to the lawless. This is what it means to be a judge. This is the commitment I expect. Judgment time. Hello and welcome to Dread or Dead, the internet's premier Judge Dread podcast. I'm Dave and I'm here with Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? Uh, howdy, Dave. I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. You're so, how are you doing? I'm good, man. We're back on the streets of the Big Meg. It's been a little while, but I want to welcome all listeners, new and returning. Uh, I've got my trusty lawgiver. I'm on the on the lawmaster. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're cruising the streets looking for creeps. Every one of them is a potential perp, Adam. Every single one of them. There's 800 million living in this city. Every one of them a potential criminal. But God help me. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, Judge Dredd. He's a fantastic character. Uh, we're, we're in the early days of Judge Dredd. We're, we're doing basically uh, quite a lengthy read this week. It's like the last two-thirds of Case Files Volume 1, which is the beginning of Judge Dredd, and also a special... Uh, episode just a one shot from from the 80s where stan lee death fist comes to mega city one and encounters judge dread um just a little one shot one of my favorites actually now um yeah so if anyone recalls in the previous uh issue judge dread had just foiled the robot revolution or robot war in mega city one and walter was given his freedom at the end of it but then came back to judge dread um, yes, so this to is, grovel for him to take ownership of him. Yes, he does love Judge Dredd, doesn't he, old Walter? <laughs> um, it's, okay, so the first the first uh, story we have, and we're going to do kind of an overview style. Uh, we'll go story by story and then do special comments. Um, I'll kick it off. The first one, uh, Maria, the, the landlady, um, not as well loved as Walter, I find, Maria. Um, <laughs> no, no, I can no. do without her. I can do without it, and in fact, I think the audience uh, said that as well because she de- she definitely um, she does turn up now and then, even in later years, but not not often. Um, and also, this is prior to the sleep machines because in regular Judge Dread, as it goes on, Dread, although he does have an apartment and he, he is scheduled to have regular sleep at, at certain intervals, like maybe once a week or something. Um, in general, judges just use a sleep machine where they pop in for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and it gives them a full night's rest. Hmm. Anything to help them uh, Stay on you know, the have more time to fight crime. That's yeah. exactly right. So to keep, keep, keep boots on yeah. the ground, man. Yeah, I'm glad you're getting it, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, but they still need to have natural sleep. So Dread does have the apartment, um, and there's a really funny later uh, episode where he's in the bath with his helmet on, and people try to break into his apartment, and he foils them just by staying in the bath. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, so it's a, it's a bit of a classic. They bro- these these people break into the wrong apartment that day. Um, <laughs> okay, so here, um, Dread uh, gets this thing off off Maria, and it's kind of like a singing head, and he's like, um, brain blooms grow like flowers, but can imitate any sa- known sound. A result of biogranic grafting of plant and human, we had to ban them because of what they're fed on. Uh, and then Maria's scared that um, she's going to be arrested, and Walter's in the background going, "Arrest her, Judge Dwayne." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Walter. <laughs> yeah, Walter. Now, do they ever actually, I don't think they ever actually said what these things are fed on. Maybe not. You know. But I, I, I was actually kind of interested in this, and I thought this was going to be like a, you know, a longer saga. But it was just this little one shot. But no, that's just, fine. Just a crazy one shot. Um, yeah, that they. These things are, cra- are crazy. Like, there's this woman on top of a tower block who's growing them, and they're, like, singing and stuff. <laughs> um, I assume humans, because don't they eat the humans? Um, you know, maybe it's it's flesh. Um, and then he goes up to her, and he basically is going to arrest her because she's wor- he's worked out that she's the person... Uh, but then she's like, oh, can I please just uh, get one last song from my precious pets? And uh, this shows how Dread had more humanity early on because he's like, he can't do any harm to let her have this last comfort. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, of course, they hypnotise him and um, you have Dread, like, crashing his uh, lawmaster, which, by the way, is beautifully drawn, I find. The detail in, in, in this issue on the lawmaster, on the eagle and the bike, like, it just looks great. Um, oh yeah, people love drawing that bike. Yeah, it's a great bike. Do you, Do you realize that underneath the eagle, that's actually a laser? That you know. The, oh no. Yeah, he he doesn't use it that much because he uses the bike cannon more. But I remember from playing the Judgment role playing game in the eighties. Um, that's actually a laser, and it can <laughs> fire a, fire a laser. But he doesn't use it very often. And in fact, if I hadn't played that game, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't actually know that that's a laser because he uses it so rarely. Yeah. Um, but it is because you know generally he goes bike cannon and uh, fires the the cannon on the bike, which uh, which maybe the cops need in real life. Do you think? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I mean, come on, think about how things are now. Things are falling apart, man. The centre's falling apart. We we won't need the judges on the streets. Yeah, just put them on there. Start putting them on there just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What could go wrong? You know? (laughs) Um, Okay, so then, yes, we basically um, dread uh, busts her um, because he then breaks out. It's so funny that she does the hypnotized thing and dread, uh, you know, doesn't die. uh, And then straight away he's like, well, clearly, um, clearly she hypnotized me. And he just goes back and arrests her. <laughs> and they give the they give the plants the riot foam, um, and she's like, "You've beaten me, young fellow. I'm stuck here as helpless as one of my own dear brain blooms. If you had any real brains, Ma, you'd know by now that crime doesn't pay. But I guess you'll never learn if you live to be two hundred. And Dred's just <laughs> there, delivering yep. the the law. Um, so a, a good episode to get us back into it now. Yeah. And the next one, would you like to take the next one? Um, which has, a, I think, quite a distinctive art style, actually, and kind of a real 70s feel, uh, almost that 70s retro sci-fi feel, which is, I guess, the period it was coming out in. I, I quite like the artwork on this. 
Yeah, this one does look a little different than the others. Um, yeah, I can take us through. I'll be honest, not all of these are always um, as memorable as the next, you know? So. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, some, <laughs> are, some are a lot more um, throwaway than others, for sure. Yeah. And I don't see the artist credited, so... Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically there's some muggers, and they... Uh, basically, this, this episode kind of displays the different settings on Judge Dredd's gun. Yes. Um, so he has to switch over to uh, number six bullet, uh, which is a heat seeker. So it looks like it just blasts through their like their hearts. It, it tracks people. The heat seeker just tracks people. I'm, not qu- I'm never quite sure how he... It knows who to go for, but um, but it does. It can go around corners and stuff, and 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 mm. get people. There must be some way he does it. But yeah, the the girl, the heat seek. One thing that's cool is that these things on his gun. They survive, and it's good to see that so early on in the piece, they got them right. Um, but yeah, basically, if I was trying to shoot you. And you run away and ran through a few corners and stuff. If you, if you fire the heat seeker, it can track down and get you. Um, Pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah, um, I know later on he says that it's not like lethal, like they can cure people from whatever he's doing, but you know, it looks pretty fatal. As far as I'm concerned, a heat seeker is usually lethal. It's just a bullet, it's a heat seeker bullet. So generally, it's a headshot. You know, and he just he just tags them with the headshot. It, it probably has a limited range, I would say. So it's it's usually used in those kind of like close up firefights he gets in, right? Um, if someone's like behind heaps of cover and stuff. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I kind of remember a bit more about this one. This one. Uh, it started off with the gang, and they're beating up this guy, and a car drives by, and he says, um. You know, this isn't any of my business. I'm getting out of here. But the guy that he leaves behind grabs his yes. uh, tailpipe and or his exhaust pipe and pulls it off. And then later on, Dread busts the guy um, who drove away. And he says, it's not against the law to not help, you know, people. Yeah. But it's, it is to pollute the atmosphere. And yep. his car was putting out, you know, so he destroys the car, which I thought was a pretty cool twist. It's I like it. For gross pollution of the atmosphere, this vehicle is condemned to immediate destruction. Stand back, citizen. And then it, it doesn't matter how you make our city dirty. Pollute the air or leave a guy to die. The law will clean you out. And then you see the guy going <laughs> sob, and his car just yeah. exploded. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good one. Now... The next one. Good to see him get yeah. his comeuppance, I guess. I oh, say. for sure. Oh, well, this you, you very rarely get away with it with Judge Dredd. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, there are examples of people who get away with stuff, but it, it, generally the law catches up with them. You know, <laughs> yeah. In general, um, and especially in these early ones, which are very fond of Judge Dredd at the end, going, you know, not even I am the law, just the law always wins, and you know, he just likes to address the reader almost directly. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then we have uh, Max Normal, the pinstripe freak. Um, I liked uh, his concept. (laughs) uh, He's great. And he he definitely plays a part in in sort of the early phase of Dread. And you see him every now and then. He's like Dread's informant. Um, Max Normal, the pinstripe pinstripe freak, is his name. Uh, And in this one, uh, let me try to remind myself what Max actually does. He he. He gets uh, 10,000 credits for his information. Oh, that's right. It's the comics ring. 
Um, yeah. Oh, is this that one? Yeah, and they're selling. Oh yeah, I like I, this one. They're selling actually 2000 AD. Um, yeah, they're selling 2000 AD. 2000 AD, the famous comic from the 20th century, brilliant, um, fantastic stuff. No wonder these lawbreakers were charging a fortune for it, because in Mega City One, a lot of things are illegal, such as some of the most one of the most uh, narcotic substances is and banned ones is like sugar and coffee, you know. So the okay. not the synthetic versions, but like yeah, hilariously they always had um, comics as illegal and like two thousand AD was illegal, which I I think is uh, pretty funny actually. It, it shows you that there was quite a lot of humor in in these guys when they were writing it, you know. For sure, and I like uh, this quote. It says, old comics are worth a fortune. Selling them to kids is one of the lowest forms of crime. After one or two uh, kids get so they can't give them up, then the price goes up and up. So, yep. yeah, that's kind of funny. Very, um... Just true. Very prophetic and very true, and, like, um, yeah, it's... They're a drug. They're an addiction. I'm sure many a parent would agree, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is the one. He ends up using the number six on him again, the heat seeker. Gotcha. And then yeah. uh, later on he says, don't worry, buddy. None of you are going to die. We're going to patch you up real good so you can spend the rest of your life in prison. Yeah, but that, it's not that the heat seeker can't be deadly. It's just that they were shot but aren't going to die. That's, oh, okay. Yeah, so the heat seeker is just a normal bullet, um, which often is a headshot. Uh, often in Judge Red, you'll see it, it'll hit the head. But they're just saying you're shot, but where you're going to survive and spend the rest of your life in jail. So, gotcha. See, to me, it seemed more like in these early days, maybe they weren't quite ready for the that level of maybe um, lethal force. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, a good point. Can, I see your point. That is, but people do die in this comic all the time. Like in these early issues, like generally people die. Um, there's there's definitely instances where the criminals are killing people and stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't feel like we see Dread do it as much oh, as no, I expected. No. Dread, don't worry. He starts to dial up pretty early on. Um, I think once you get to Case Files two, three, he's he's killing. You know. Okay, um, gotcha. but don't remember. Don't forget. Sorry. He does follow the law. So, uh, people think Judge Red just constantly executes. It, no, he he will. Uh, and sometimes will kill a lot of people, but he's always doing it with the purpose of upholding the law. So if he can bring them in, uh, you know, sort of injured but captured, that's what he would prefer to do. See, yeah, I, I guess I get that, but I always assumed, you know, with part of the, you know, you always talk about how it's, um, mm. uh, what, like, uh, not a parody, but like... Uh, you know, it's like social commentary. I was know. told that. I, I, I never realized that. I was told well, that, that. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm kind of saying is I would have, you know, if it were more of that social commentary, I would have thought that it would have been more, you know, him being ridiculously over the top. Like maybe he becomes later. Like we see Lobo, mm, you yeah. know, ridiculously over the top, you know? He's, yeah. Uh, look, I mean, it's tough because it, it goes for such a long period. But in general, in general, uh, he's there's all there's always a lot of comedy, which I think is some part of the, the satire. The the satire okay. is there, and it'll like a lot of the citizens are, are so nutty with some of the stuff, especially as time goes on into the eighties. That, that I think that's where a lot of the commentary is. Dread, he's never, as far as I can remember, he never really himself 
crosses the line to where he's just a, he's just kind of like uh, so cray. He's generally fairly straight. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because um, ultimately, you know, he's our guy. He's our guy. Yeah, like it's interesting though. But like we'll we'll get into it more. But certainly, what does happen is the action will ratchet up, and so it's literally like a war kind of thing. And then he's definitely, you know, more people are dying. But it's never. How can I say? It's never like um, he never does it. He never does it. Uh, sort of maliciously slash. I mean, kind of gratuitously outside the law. Like, you'll never see Judge Dredd arrest a purse snatcher and then kill them, kind of thing. You know what I mean? He he only does it right. when, they're, when they're shooting at him, he's shooting back, and they can die that way. But he'll never get a jaywalker and then execute them on the side of the road. That that, that never happens because it would break the character, you know? Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's okay. he never gets to that Lobo thing, but people around him will. So many a right. many a many a villain or something will be like that. Like that's one of the kind of like uh, parts of the comic. It's it's usually the people he's facing go to those crazy levels because there's there's many a nutty villain and stuff, you know. Um, so it it is interesting, but that's why I was always like, to me, Jefferson's a good guy because he's the one fighting all this crime, you know. But people are like, yeah, oh, yeah. really? He's the he's the villain. I'm like, no. Uh, you you know, this is typical of people who don't read the comic, who just you know, they're they're sort of writing their thesis without reading the comic, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I could probably see some examples where I could see their point, but for the most part, I don't really. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, where it's not that like overt or anything, at least. Yeah. I mean, look. I mean, the comic goes for a long time, and in just in general, like the whole concept gets kind of more serious as well as it goes on and kind of the world gets fleshed out more so that there's more stuff yeah. happening anyway so anyway if we're in the early days and then we've got this guy who was kind of funny um burn judge burn where he's got the solar gun and like i love the second part we're talking about people dying how about the guy uh the judge who gets hit with this who just goes up and like he's going hey yeah. and his whole body you see his skeleton and everything like that's um, you, you know that's death. This this judge is just charcoal across the gro- a road. That's the third judge hit by a solar sniper. All that's left is a mess of burnt crisps. Um, and then Judge Red has the note. Hey Judge Red, you got up. You got till high noon. You're friendly hit man. Um, <laughs> and this this guy is funny with the um. The, the he's going after the solar sniper and the artwork is kind of so primitive like it's really kind of like that retro feel i enjoy it but it, it really is a product of its time um well this almost looks like it could be like a silver age legion comic to me yes. at times like almost kurt swan You're very true actually and yet uh, for me it's cool you know yeah um, yeah for sure and then he chases the guy now what i was what i was kind of um confused by when the when the guy goes into the rocket and he he gets the people and he, he he's waiting for judge dread and the hatch closes and the guy's like countdown what the it's like sun probe rockets have lifted off um by storm the rockets lifted off with gorilla inside instead of the chimp and um and the guy goes up and he's going to go into the sun or, or right by the sun uh, if the yeah, test he's probably animal, gonna die, right? if the test animal comes back alive we'll know that we can set up a man weather station close to the sun and um, and then no way to take you back, gorilla. Some probes are fully automatic. You kill by the sun, 
you killed by the sun, and now you're going to get the worst case of sunburn ever. Did he know that that was a rocket, or was that just a coincidence that he was going to the solar search sector? Um, that dark room looks like a good place to hide, he says. So, yeah, I think he just thought... So it was, was just one of those hilarious coincidences, really. Um, yeah, yeah. Which was kind of funny. <laughs> and you don't feel bad for the guy, so... No, no. I, I never feel very bad for the criminals. Um, yeah. Let's face it. I mean, Judge Red needs to do it. Now, what's this one here? I'm just... We're going to the next one. Um, I, gee, I love that design, the Judge Red design with the logo. They keep that the whole way through with yeah, the, with the kind cool. of block letters. And then the Judge, um, obviously, badge, which is very similar to what our Dread or Dead logo is, by the way. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine why. <laughs> yeah. I liked it when the guy goes... Um, it, if he'll reduce his sentence, he'll he'll tell him where the leader is. So he tells him he's holed up in a cheap hotel in Old Town. Many thanks. In recognition of your cooperation, I'll sentence you to 39 years, 364 days in isolation yeah. cube. <laughs> one, do- one day, one lousy day. Yeah. <laughs> I like these guys who are always on the side. Judge Red ain't got no heart. But without men like him, our streets wouldn't be safe to walk in. They're, they're quite fond of having the crowd, like, charming him about stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's like a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, I think this is supposed to be a mutant guy, uh, but he drives away, and this one was one that I thought was kind of harder to follow. I think he does something to blind him. Well, the, the thing is, the mutants in Mega City 1, which they establish, for, I guess, from this episode... Um, they're illegal. You So you can't begin mutant and live in Mega City 1 because essentially what they build into the story is that the radiation wars um, uh, caused, like, a lot of humanity to mutate and Mega City 1 don't want to pollute, like, the population with that genetic strand, like the mutated g- genetic strand from the radiation. So mutants are illegal in Mega City 1. So this guy's in Mega City 1. He doesn't have eyes, but he's got this incredible hearing and stuff. And... Um, yeah, and then Judge Red turns up the... What does he do? He, explosive bullets? Rapid fire. And he shoots the bullets all around him, so the guys... He basically deafens the guy, and then he hits him. Uh, then you've got the guys going, Good old Judge Red, he always gets his man. He's the toughest man as Judge in Mega City 1, but thank the stars we got him. And all these people, like, cheering him. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's what I would call a slight story. You know, it's just like, you know, they, they had to pump something out. Um... Now, speaking of art, artists, are you starting to see some of the more famous artists by this point, you know, appearing on the strip? So Mike McMahon, in this next strip, um, that's Mike McMahon's artwork, and he is one of the considered one of the early classic artists of Judge Dredd. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, see his style is quite different. So if you flick the page over, see how he's got a different style, and you can sort of see, I don't know how to describe it, but it's... It's almost a bit sketchy, um, but he's yeah, got... it's a bit less like uh, cartoony too. I would say. Yeah, and, and he's one of the, and Brian Boland turns up later on in this case files as well. And yeah, he's... I definitely noticed Boland. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, Carlos Esquizaro, who is the co-creator with Judge John Wagner, does very little in these early early ones because I think he might have had some concerns regarding the character. Uh, you know, sort of, but then he later becomes one of the biggest artists. Do you know Carlos Esquizara? He did some Preacher. 
Um, the, the oh, okay, Saint of right, Killers, yeah. The Saint of Killers storyline, he did some of that. Like, he's a very, very respected 2000 AD artist, and he, he did, like, Judge Dredd and Astronium Dog and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely, you know, see his name every now and then. But, yeah, definitely from Preacher. Yeah, no, he's, he's cool. Um, yeah, so uh, what was this one? Uh, was this the... This is the smoking one. Uh, he oh, has this yeah. little thing on his belt or his bike or something that says, you know, where he can detect smoking. Yes, because um, right. nicotine's illegal. Um, to smoke yeah. it in the streets is illegal anyway. You have to go to these special smoking houses, um, which I like. Yeah, and he gets uh, all the cigars or cigarettes or whatever have uh, where they came from. Mm. Uh but yeah, some of these since they're so short stories, sometimes it's hard to like remember exactly what's well, going on in each one. What what happened here was the guys had done a robbery, but then when they before they're going to leave, the guy wants to go to his cigar store to pick up a like a, oh, a, right. a cigar, and that's where Dread busts in because he realizes where the where he he foolishly dropped a cigar during the robbery, um, and so that's where Dread gets him. And then I like it when he goes, uh. That he he runs into the smokatorium, but he's got no helmet, so he's just like choking on all the smoke. Uh, that smokatorium worked better than tear gas. Drop the gun. You'll never take me alive, Dread. So Dread fires his rifle at him. You were given the warning. You ignored it. Now you know too late that smoking can damage your health. And um, <laughs> interesting that Judge Dread went with the rifle rather than the lawgiver to to take this creep out. It's a cool rifle, though. It is a great rifle. It's a fantastic rifle. Just trying to think where oh yeah the rifle um is holstered onto his bike, in normally yeah oh okay right yeah because sees sees uh, lawgiver there see how he's got the lawgiver it actually goes to an ankle holster yeah I do see that I also see on the previous page where he, it looks like he has the um the rifle yes. holstered on his bike yeah, there towards the front. Bike. Yeah, that's pretty cool. They've definitely got some armaments, haven't they? Bike, cannon, laser, rifle, and yeah. lawgiver. And he's also yeah, got a knife. He's that got could a have been knife. something, if this is a different artist, maybe something that he came up with to yeah. add, you know. Yeah. And um, I'm that, impressed at some of the detail in his art, too. Like the beautiful. page, the last page, he's uh, down on his knee, and he's like, uh, you know, he's got his foot down, and his boot is like bent over. Yeah. It's just impressive how much detail he put into that boot. Yeah, no, Mike Martin's excellent. I I, uh, I really enjoyed his art on, on Dread. Like, it's so distinctive. There's so many artists that um that are so distinctive, like, and a lot of them start very early on. Like, you see Ian Gibson here um, in this case files. He's, a, he's another great artist. Cam Kennedy, you probably know Cam Kennedy. He did quite a bit of American work as well. Um... Yeah, definitely sounds familiar. I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of Cam Kennedy's artwork, and he did some great Dread stories, um, as well. So, oh, then we had the wreath killing, uh, the floral wreaths, um, and again a different. Isn't it funny how often Dread is thrill six? Have you noticed that? Like often it's like the sixth story in the in the in the comic. Yeah, I wonder if that's like. Um near the centerfold or something where that you sometimes they'll plan around like where the centerfold is. Yeah. Uh, so, so if somebody picks up off the shelf that it'll flop open to like the best story. That's a good point. Cause I would have thought you'd open up with dread, you know, like when, yeah. when I was reading 2000 AD, you know, week by week, I always wanted to read dread first. 
pretty much. Yeah, you would think that would be the prime placement, but yeah, I guess I've heard, like, I know Jeff Johns, I've heard talk about where he would actually plan out, like, his splash pages for the, the flop open page, yeah. whatever that means. Uh, that's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, Which I would think would just be the centerfold, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, where the, ball, the, the book would naturally open kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Jeff Johnson is what he's talking about, doesn't he? You know? If, yeah, if, I think so. He's got a, he's got just a fair bit of experience on this kind of stuff. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, I was just looking at looking at my um, shelf, and I see this Marvel Spider Man, a game I still haven't played properly. Um, oh, so good! Too. Yeah, I will play it. But I was thinking, imagine if that was Judge Red, you know? Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, do you think I'd ever stop playing it? I, <laughs> no, probably I'd just not. Be, I'd just be beating the streets. I tell you what, I have been playing Adam Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, yeah, you're saying that. Uh, I I I just played like a like an hour and twenty minutes last night. It's so addictive, man. Like, it's just it's just fantastic. You're just a Viking raiding through England and stuff. And the expansion pack's going to come out uh, next month, where you where you go to Paris and invade Paris, raid Paris, which the Vikings did. Um, yeah, I think it's cool that uh, with that game you can kind of just put your franchise over top of all these different interesting times in history, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's awesome. Um, I mean, I guess it's the reason it's a massive hit series. It's been going for, you know, 15 years or however long. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I love Rich is always like, I've only played the first one and they should have stayed in the Crusades forever. And I'm like, Jesus. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't really get that. <laughs> yeah, like what you, I like the Crusades too, but like uh, you know, I, I would like them to go back and do another one in the Crusades. But I enjoy them going around all the different time periods, you know. Um, well, especially the whole concept of the game really lends itself to exploring these other areas. To me, I mean, totally, totally. Anyway, back to Judge Dredd. Um, yeah. Now we saw the first appearance in this next issue of Mac. The judge's central computer, um, because this AD and Judge Red were kind of, if you think about it, they're heading into the eighties by this point. It'll be about nineteen seventy nine because we're, you know, we're a fair way in because the comics came out weekly, um, mm-hmm. and so they're starting to play around with the ideas of the the central computer, which gives, um, you know, answers to Dread and stuff like that when he when he has questions. Uh, and he's trying to find this ambulance because uh, it's pretty cool. The the ambulance, it's the same ambulance that has been um, getting to these people and then and then killing them. So he realizes it's the people who were actually running the ambulance, the med tech guys who were doing the killings. Oh, okay. See, yeah, this is one. Sometimes with these, I just you know it was in a rush to read them. I didn't really follow yeah. all that, but yeah, that's well. Luckily, I, I mean, I don't think, uh, funnily enough, that I've read a lot of these because I reckon with Case Files 1, I read the start of it and then I j- might have jumped on towards the end. But I think for a lot of them in Case Files 1, I was, um, it was my first time because I reckon I really picked up in Case Files 2 with Cursed Earth. So I, I either don't remember reading like the, the, the last two thirds of this or, you know, it's the first time. So yeah, he he basically finds out that that's who it is. Uh, the artwork it's 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 so raw though, like it's so raw, but I love it. And I'm wondering, um, like, if you look at the last page of this particular story where the guy's going, dropped your gun, dread. Now you're gonna pay. How do you like to go? High explosive, hot uh, hot shot, 
and then it's the classic one where it's it's programmed to accept his handprints only, and then it self destructs. Yeah, um, yeah, which is which is a great thing. I love the way they got all this stuff in so early, you know, because it seems to me that like a lot of the stuff with Judge Red, you would sort of, you know, you're, you're obviously writing on the fly a bit, you know, um, but but John Wagner got a lot of this essential ju- Judge stuff in very early. I think. Yeah, as far as like the world building and his yeah. gadgets and his tech and stuff, yeah, yeah, for sure, really fleshing things out. I also really wanted to point out on uh, the second page or something, yeah. they draw the police headquarters there, and it's this giant, like crazy looking building. I thought yeah. it was pretty cool looking. A lot of Justice HQ. Um, yeah, yeah, that. Uh, but yeah, just a lot of these panels have so much like detail in them that I just. Oh, yeah. You really admire the work that he put in. I'm not oh. sure which artist this is, though. Yeah, I'm not sure who, who this artist is. I'm not sure if they're credited. Um, they're not, which is a shame. They would be credited in the um, in in the actual uh, in the actual uh, front cover, I think, of the case files, or at least they are later on. Um, gotcha. Yeah, and some of them seem to have credits, and some don't. But yeah, yeah, which is weird, isn't haven't. it? Like sometimes they're like, "No, you don't get a credit." Like too bad. Yeah. Too bad, kid. Thanks for playing. Uh, <laughs> like, if you impress us enough, you might get a credit next time. Um, they they also use fake names. Like John Wagner, I be- I believe, uh, was writing so many titles that to sort of fool the publisher, um, they would use sort of non diplomas uh, and pseudonyms cool. and stuff. Yeah. Um, so some some of these people that say it's written by John Howard and stuff, I believe that is John Wagner. Um, Interesting. Who, who is writing it? Because he is credited as John Wagner as well. Because remember, you know, back then they're working for their little corporate overlords and stuff, who are pumping out like stacks of comics. And two thousand AD was kind of the new kid on the block, so it was just another comic in their in their mm-hmm. arsenal. Um, you know, so it's interesting. Now this next one is cool, and this is something you see a lot of in Judge Red, the kind of storyline where it's like the TV show. You bet your life. Yeah, um, and I uh, always love like a deadly game show type, yeah. um, definitely you know, thing. <laughs> and I believe this is Ian Gibson, uh, who is who goes on to be one of my favorite artists. Not n- not my top favorite, but definitely in my top five artists. He did like um, the Ballad of Halo Jones with um, Alan Moore in the mid eighties, and he has a very oh, okay. distinctive style. And he's still developing his style here, but you can definitely see it in that first page. Um, that that is very similar to what he he works on later on. Like he really refines his style. Um, and then you've got Walter. I love the way Walter's. It's his favourite show, and he's like, "Please don't be angry with me, uh, with Walter." Walter, Walter did not realise. He's like, "Off your knees, you hivelling hunk of tin, snivelling hunk of tin." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Walter. I love how uh, Dred's so mean to him. He's so mean, and Walter's so pathetic. Um, <laughs> And, and, like, Dredd puts up with him, though, as well. Like, he's just like, oh, God. Um, Walter, turn that off this instant. <laughs> it's like Walter's favourite program is a death game show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was kind of reading through this, and I kept thinking, like, maybe Walter actually has a bit of a, a dark side. Like, maybe something, there's going to be some kind of twist uh, eventually, but yeah, we didn't get that. No, I mean, he's generally fairly loyal. He, he, he gets ridden out of it eventually. Um, and sort of some of the later storylines, they do stuff with him. But I always prefer him in his original incarnation, where he's just groveling, pathetic, like Walter, just loves Judge Dredd. Um, you know, he's pretty funny. I don't like it when they try to make Walter, not the bad guy, but sort of like he's got 
different motives. It's like, leave Walter alone. He's perfect as he is. Uh, <laughs> I, I understand they needed to get rid of him, though, because they couldn't just have Walter stick constantly in the in the comic. You know what I mean? Because it kind of, like, it's, it's so funny. Yeah, um, I think it could get played out pretty. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially when you're getting into, like, you know... I'm thinking of... Um, Garth Ennis, uh, when he wrote The Punisher and yes. got rid of Micro or, you know, made yeah. him a villain. Yeah, I hated uh, that. Kind of reminds me of Walter, where these writers would be like, yeah, I don't care about Walter. Oh, Jesus Christ, I, I love Garth Ennis's run, but Jesus Christ, I hated that scene where, where Punisher just blows away Micro with a shotgun. I I really struggled with that, actually, frankly. Um, I don't know. really remember. Is that what happens? Yeah, he I just blows him away with a shotgun. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you, you knew it was coming, Micro, and then he just blows him with a shotgun. I was like, Jesus Christ, shattering David's uh, childhood, you know, <laughs> dreams. Yeah, because you're a big Dixon guy, and I love Micro, you know, but but I, I get why Garth Ennis did it. I just didn't think it was necessary to kill him, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, especially because I kind of felt like um, Frank was a little hypocritical there, maybe. Yeah, if maybe. I remember right. Yeah, maybe. Well, it's like when Frank goes after vigilantes. Like, he's like, vigilantes are the worst scum. Um, and it's like, you are a vigilante, Frank. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> like, like, normally... That thing I, doesn't really work. Normally, I agree with or you, Or Batman Frank. does it all the time. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman does it. Like, yeah, exactly. If anyone dares take the law into their own hands, Batman's like, no. <laughs> it's my hands. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we... Ha- I love the way they're trying to guillotine this guy. <laughs> yeah, and his his wife and his mom are already killed, which I thought was yeah. And then they crazy. lie as well. They ask him a question, which there's not really an answer to, and stuff like that. There's all sorts of shit. Got well, aim- one time he says, "I'll give you a hint. It's this," and he says that, and he's like, "Nope, that's wrong." <laughs> that's wrong. Um, well, uh, sorry. Dread aims for the blade. It splits in two. Um. And it, it goes into two shards that actually kill the other two, that kill the two sort of like, um, you know, compares or hosts or whatever. Yeah. You played your own game of Bet Your Life nicely and lost. No way you could win playing against the law. Um, and it's like, I, I love it. I mean, Richard probably enjoy that, with that kind of like dressing the reader with the, um, you, you know, the moral lesson kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's his favorite part of, apparently, like uh, G.I. Joe, right? Yeah, it's like, what did you learn today, kids? Never lie. So I wonder, is this guy supposed to look like, uh, you know, an actual celebrity or no? I don't know. I'm gotcha. I thought he could have been, you know, maybe like uh, Richard, uh, who's the running man guy. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, the, um, yeah, maybe, but I'm not sure. Certainly later on, there's one where they are doing like the Three Stooges and Abbott and Costello oh, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Um, then we had the Dream Palace story, which I thought was an interesting idea. Um, this guy, yeah. So is he going? I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, an interesting idea that this guy goes in, and he's he's a real creep. Like, have a good dream, Mister Nobody. Yeah, real killer. Um, and he's going in, and he's imagining just like killing people and stuff, and he's just a complete psycho. Um, and the chief judge. And we did have a listener reach out and say who the chief judge was. I want to say, I think it was Goodman. Um, I believe it might be Clarence Goodman. I'm just going to type that in. You go ahead, Adam. You were saying something? Oh, yeah. I can take over. I was just going to say he's he's actually using these to like plan out his uh, crimes in real life, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so the last one, he's going to spray napalm over the Justice Day parade. 
Yep. Um, so they're having a parade, and there's a big judge. Um, and uh, Judge Dredd drives uh, off the road and lands on the guy's car where he's spraying all the napalm. And then the sword from the big giant judge falls and kills the guy. So yes. And Dredd says, sweet dreams, lawbreaker. You really are nobody now. Just another punk who had to learn. Crime doesn't pay the hard way. Oh, yep. yeah. This guy went by Mr. Nobody, I think. Yeah, exactly. Saying. Yeah. And, I mean, what a psycho um, this guy was as well. Like, his dreams were just full on, like, just mass murder. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I checked. Uh, Goodman is a. Clarence Goodman was a fair chief judge and seemingly very popular with city's people, so, enough so that children would beg for his autograph. And he was willing to use unauthorised methods if he saw it fit for the good of the city. By the end of his reign, the, the city and its people were happier and safer than they ever would be again. He was tough on corrupt judges and had a long-standing relationship with Judge Red, have effectively raised him during his time in office, so much so that he had to resign upon remorsefully sending him to Titan. So obviously there was a storyline where, um, where uh, he thought, or whatever happened, that he had to... Um, Send Dread to Titan, and then he stood down. But um, what a what a what a fantastic! I mean, he really is the first Chief Judge uh, that we see in the comic, and the Chief Judge role uh, is very important because you know they often sometimes they're corrupt and crazy, and other times that they, they can be a bit weak willed. You know, it, it, it's a very interesting part. But in this early one, it's um, he's a good run. Now I like this uh, storyline that starts out with, and it's got like the 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 Hall of Honor, and it's got. Cadet Dread, Cadet Hunt, Cadet Wagner, Cadet Gibson. Uh, yeah, and that seems to be an homage to the writer and artist there, right? Yeah, I'd say Wagner so. Wagner yeah. and Gibson, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's 20 years ago, um, if you think about it, because it's, it's 2099 in the comic, isn't it? So. Oh, right, yeah. So Dread's so. been on the streets for 20 years, uh, essentially, yeah. yeah. But I thought they also said that he was only like, in his mid thirties, really. well, yeah, I'm not sure. At one point, they said he's in his mid thirties, but I don't remember when. Okay, well, I don't but, know. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess he graduates. The law shall be the boy's family now until he graduates at the age of twenty. He says down there, so yes. it would imply that he'd be forty. But yeah. yeah, anyway, not important. Not not super important, but it kind of fits in with the timeline. And famously, two thousand AD does it in real time, supposedly, so that like. A year in the comic, you know, so 52 <laughs> issues is a year. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and and they do kind of stick to that, um, frankly. So, and I think that they say Dread has a lot of cybernetics in him now, um, yeah. you know, to keep... That's kind of neat. That'll be fun to get to that. I know uh, Savage Dragon, I think, is also famous for doing that. Mm. Cool. And, um, yeah, I think it's interesting. And uh, this one actually has one of my favourite characters, Judge Giant. So it's it's I'd never re- I'd never read this I didn't realize that Judge Giant oh. um, basically was a um, started off as a cadet so the, he he's one of Dredd's closest friends and um, this is the storyline where Dredd takes him out um, to see if he's going to pass him and Dredd's only passed like two other judges before it's interesting to see Judge Giant who's black by the way it's kind of hard to tell with the artwork but he is a he's a black judge um, he yeah he um, almost doesn't pass. And, and then he says to Red, come on, give me one more chance, sir. I'm a good judge. I know I am. Very well, rookie. You get your chance, but I warn you, one more mistake, just one, and I'll have that half-eagle badge off you quicker than your pappy scored airstrikes. 
because I believe that Harlem Heroes was an earlier comic or potentially a comic that was running at the same time in 2000 AD, which featured Judge Giant's grandfather as like a um, as a player. Oh, well, that's really cool. Yeah, I didn't yeah, that. Yeah. Cool to know that he sticks around too. Uh, I was going to say the reason he failed was because he was going to give him ma- uh, the minimum yeah. penalty for mass murder, but then he says this man um, has future shock, and so he needs to go to medical treatment, not a prison sentence. Exactly. Which yeah, they talk a lot about these futies or um, people who can't shock people, people who can't yeah. deal with the pressures of modern life and just go crazy. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Sadly, we see it now in real life, don't we? You know, some yeah, of these fucking sure. nutbags who go out there with a gun and stuff, you know? Um, yep. You know, and I, I don't know if that's politically correct to call them nutbags, but that's exactly what they are, psychos. Um, you know, and too bad Judge Red's not there to clean them up. Yeah, they hurt a lot of people. They do, they do. You, you had one in your hometown recently who was arrested, wasn't he? Yeah, somebody was planning something like that and got busted, so... I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that didn't work out. Exactly. Um, so this one is kind of... Uh, the, the second half of this story is really um, a, a sort of like they're doing a throwback to the Harlem Heroes, where which was kind of like a sort of roller derby or, or whatever. It was kind of like a, a future sport kind of thing. And so you've got Judge Giant doing the moves from Harlem Heroes and stuff like that. So it's kind of cheesy, but it's kind of fun. Uh, Airstrike, my first and last. And then... So basically, then it has it's pretty cool. You've got Dread going scum. You've broken the laws of Mega City One. I could give you prison sentences, but we judges have a quicker answer. My report will read killed while trying to escape. And then Judge Giant's like, hold it, Judge Dread. There's no death penalty for kidnapping. I can't let you do this, sir. And um, and then Dread warns him that he'll fail him. He says, fail me if you like. I've always admired you, sir, but I can't stand by and watch you break the law. Drop the gun. And then Dredd's like, well said, rookie. You've passed the final test. I like it. <laughs> Dredd was just just playing with him, wasn't he? He was just sort of like, you know, it was a bit of a psychology going on there. And so it's great to see that then you get uh, Judge Giant, one of my favourite judges, and later on a um, uh, his, one of his kids becomes a judge as well. And he gets okay. the full eagle and the black helmet of a mega city judge. And then you've got the father, who's all pappy's going, um, that's my boy. Son, you're all pappy, sure proud of you, and we're going to have you home, have a real big party to celebrate. Sorry, father, but you'll have to hold the party without me. Judy calls. I'm a judge now. And you've got the old guy, like, crying on his stuff. Yeah, it was kind of sad. Um, yeah. yeah, I also thought it was weird at the beginning. He says his father wanted something better for his son, and his father seems like he's, like, a celebrity, so I just thought that was a weird thing to... Um, well, say you know his yeah. father. It wasn't like he's like working in a factory or something. Yeah, I don't know the storyline with Harlem Heroes. I think some of them might have been. I think it was kind of pretty. Um, uh, look, I uh, look. I'm not sure of the storyline, but I think it was a pretty corrupt kind of game or something. Oh, okay. You know, so they were like, you know, who knows? But whatever the storyline was, you'd have to go back to the late seventies and read those issues. But. Um, I'm sure there was a few twists in the tail. But you are right. I mean, I guess his father's like a celebrity, but I don't know. Maybe he wanted him to be doing something. <coughs> well, was he saying he Bless wanted... You. Sorry, but thank you. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Also, is Pappy... Could that be the grandfather? Or, or could that be just the father? I don't know. I, I assumed it was the father, but yeah. I don't know. Well, he's quite aged, you know. 
Yeah, that's a good point, and this guy's graduating at the age of 20, so maybe mm. not. I don't yeah. know. Either way, never mind Citizen Grant. Look at it this way. You've lost a son, but Mega City 1 has gained a darn fine judge at the end. And Judge yeah. Giant is one of the great judges and um, is, is really one of Dredd's closest and only friends outside of Judge Anderson, you know? Um, that's cool to know. Yeah, I had no clue. Well, um, he pops up later in this storyline, and he certainly pops up, you know, in storylines that come. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a great judge and well remembered. Um, I, I salute him. Now, then, <laughs> then we had um, really kind of like a pretty uh, f- good one. I thought this one, the Neon Knights. I enjoyed this one. Um, yeah, the Heat Group. Yeah, which is very Ku Klux Klan-y in how they look. Like it's pretty. On the nose. I also thought some of the artwork was very dynamic in this issue. You know? Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, I found a lot of these. You know, they kind of remind me of the Legion stuff we were doing that you mm. you picked. The normally the Bronze Age stuff, mm. where all the stories are. You know, uh, in that case, maybe twelve pages, but they all have kind of this little twist at the end or a little wink of the eye at the reader, yeah. which I think is pretty. You know, fun and nice. I love it. You know, I love it. Uh, how funny is it the end of this one where um, he he's, he he finds out the guys are cyborg because they're hunting ro- robots aren't they? they're hunting what are they hunting are they hunting robots they yeah robots. they're uh, mad about the robot revolution yeah. and then he pulls away the skin the guys are cyborg tell them tell me I'm human please tell them tell them I'm normal and then um, Dred's like I thought his voice sounded synthetic a cyborg half man half robot he hated what he had become and took that hate out on robots. Yeah, it's a mixed-up world. That's why we've got laws. Obey them, and I am the law. Let me hear it, loud punks. And you've got these guys going, you are the law, Judge Dredd, like the baddies. <laughs> it was kind of weird that, you know, they did that part. That kind of part, sorry, that part kind of threw me because it was almost like they were, like, won over by Judge Dredd just because they found out their leader was a robot. Yeah, uh, but I liked it when he goes, let me hear it, loud punks. <laughs> he, he's, like, so confident in his authority that he can just tell people what to say. <laughs> he really whipped those guys. Yeah. Uh, no, it's great stuff. I, I, I actually am very fond of that one. I think it's a good one. Yeah, it was good. Now, one of the great, great stories of Judge Dredd, so great, in fact, that Pat Mills later comes back many, many years later and redoes the story, almost like a bit of a, uh, you know, when you get a film and you do a remake of a movie, he remade this story in the mid-90s. I thought you... And this one also was the inspiration for the movie, right? Yes. Yeah, this is a seminal Judge Dredd storyline. And um, Rico, his clone brother, uh, I thought I'd throw this one to you, Adam, because I figured you'd probably enjoy the story because it is a very classic storyline um yeah uh for sure so yeah the brother comes back and he's looking for revenge mm. um because judge red sentenced him to titan 20 years on the rock right and titan like transformed him right but i guess we don't know who it is but he comes into dread's apartment and he's waiting for him i didn't really understand this part uh where dread Okay, uh, let's say it's the third page, and it mm-hmm. says, Dredd kicked open the door. Freeze, Rico. Uh-huh. And he's waiting behind him. But then he kicks him, and he says, it's freezing in here, and choke, no air, my respirator. Are we supposed to think that Rico just, like, cranked down the temperature in his apartment? That's a good question. Well, because Rico's definitely got the the thing so that he can... Let's Let's have a look here. Let's try to see... Rico 
goes to the apartment, um, and the judges, Maria opens the door, uh, eek your face, I'm going to make a few adjustments to the room's ventilation and wait for dread. So he, uh, yeah, okay. he did something to the ventilation so that when dread came in, it was freezing and there was like no air. But Rico can manage it because his face has been altered to work on Titan. When you go to Titan, you're basically busting rocks and stuff. And so you don't have to wear a spacesuit. They, they do that stuff to your face, so you've got a respirator on your face. Like, it's, cause, yeah, okay. cause it's only for corrupt judges, so it's like the ultimate punishment, 20 years on Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rico could do it because he's actually got the whole thing. See, he's got like a little voice box as well. It's, it's, it's crazy what the judges do to corrupt judges. Like, um, yeah. But but then Dread does put the respirator on. Um, I love it though, and it, the the storyline man about how you know Dread and him clone brothers, and then Rico goes bad. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I and then he kills Rico though. But so does Rico come back at some point? No, uh, no. What? Um, there's no, not 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 this particular gotcha. Rico. They. Pat Mills, many years later, basically just retells the story. Like so, he does. Okay. He does a story where it's pretty much the same story. We'll, I'll, I'll hunt the issue down so we can do it in a, in an episode shortly. Because uh, he he does it a bit more modernized, but it's the same story. He just kind of has another pass at it, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. I enjoy it. I, I like the remake as well. Uh, it's 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 just a one shot. It's good, and I, I thought it was a good opportunity for someone like Pat Mills to come back and, and go, well, this is what I did in 1979, but now it's like 1997 and I've been working with the character for so much longer. Actually, I reckon he might have done it around the time of the movie. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Early 90s. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's, it's it's interesting. But no, Rico, like a... Um, there is another Judge Rico who's another clone, basically, who okay. is a cadet judge. So... Yeah, I don't... Rico himself, this Rico never comes back. He kind of haunts the book, though, because he was judged... He, he's certainly shown in flashbacks every now and then. Um, mm-hmm. There are storylines, I think, that, that they do the, some flashbacks because Rico was a judge for, for a little while, but he, he was going corrupt. And the question mark so, is, what, what made him corrupt, you know? Are, are we supposed to believe, then, that uh, Judge Dredd is, mm. like... Um, I don't know, is he, like... The one that was Rico was cloned from, or we don't know. Uh, no, we do know that clone. it's not told yet because I probably haven't built the mythology. But Judge Fargo was the original judge. The, the, he was the original guy who, when the police became the judges because crime was so out of control, Judge mm-hmm. Fargo was kind of like the godfather of the judges. And his genetic stock is what Dread is. Dread and Rico were based on. Like he's mm, considered interesting. Like, yeah, he's like the judge father. And um, and the Rico that comes much much later, like much later in the nineties, is from that same clone stock as well. So hmm. the yeah, I, I don't know how many judges uh, actually are used as that clone stock, but definitely Rico and Dread were. And um, oh, and it looks like Judge um, Fargo was in the Judge Dread movie too. Which, yeah, he was. He was that. played by uh, Eric von Sydow, or Max von Sydow, sorry. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And they sort of altered, you know, the, remember he takes a long walk at the injury? Yeah, yeah. The movie? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and yeah, he's certainly built into the storyline, and there's, there's, there's lots of stuff with Judge Fargo. He's like a figure of legend, but he's like the ultimate, you know, 
the ultimate judge. And uh, and the interesting thing is, of course, like Dread never goes evil, and Judge Fargo wasn't evil, but Rico went evil. So it's like, why did he go evil? You know, from from the yeah, same interesting. clone stock kind of thing. And and there's a bit of a story reason for that as well. But also, I think it's just because some people are born bad. You know, um, yeah. nature versus nurture. That's it, man. Uh, then we had a return to. So that is one of my favorite storylines. And you thought it was it was um, when he says, "I'll make it." He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Um, I always thought that was pretty on the nose, but you thought it was comedy. I just think it was them being sort of um, dramatic back in the seventies. Oh, really? I yeah. just assumed it was comedy because wasn't that isn't that like a song? It is a song. Um, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I don't think they're going for flat out comedy. But I agree. When I first read it, the first time I was like, "Wow, that was a choice." Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's still a great story. I really enjoyed this one. You know, it was cool to see because one of the things I was familiar with was, was the movie. So yeah, yeah. Armando Sante played um, played Rico in the movie. Yeah, not quite as ugly. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, well, he doesn't, in, in the movie, is he, does he come back from Titan? He does, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, he comes back from somewhere. I feel like he was, like, stronger, Mm. which maybe it alludes to his time on Titan. Yeah. And in this, I like, though, when, when Rico's like, I was always faster. Uh, okay, Rico, if that's the way you want it, then shoots him. You can't be faster than Rico. 20 years in Titan slowed you down a split second, but you were the best, Rico. The best. And then he's like, yeah, I yeah. see you got in dread. He just died. No, Rico died a long time ago. I love that line. That's deep. Rico died a long time ago, Adam. Think about that, yeah. man. Think about that, dude. The guy who came back from the rock was a different guy, wasn't he? Sure was. I, You know, I was kind of getting this one confused with the one later on with the corrupt judge. Yeah. Um, where he uh, strikes it from, strikes his name from. Oh the... yeah, yeah. Judge Gibson, and he like wipes him out from the from the role of yeah. honor. But they do say that he also wiped out Rico as well previously. Yeah, that's, that's why I was like, "Where's that page?" But yeah. yeah, that's why. Then we had the return of Whitey, who was I think the original guy, and he escapes from Devil's Island when he gets the snow machine. Um, yeah, from the first story. Yeah, and uh, Einstein whips up the thing, and then he kills Einstein. Um. Why is just an out and out asshole, basically. Like, um, yeah. he's trying to escape. I like the way Judger gets the chains and puts them on the bike um, for driving in the yeah, snow. Cool. Do, you, do you have a lot of snow where you are? In, does it snow in Ohio, the States? Yeah, sometimes. Wow. See, I'd be so hopeless driving in the snow, man. Like, would fr- that would that would really stress me out. <laughs> it um, can be very stressful, but for the most part, um, just go slow, you know? Go slow. Take it easy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't Just, be, you'll get there when you get there. Don't be a lead foot, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, and um, then I like it as well, though, because, again, you see he sh- Judge Red shoots, his hand gets shot, and um, then Judge Red does the old snow. It's usually sand, but in this case it's snow on the eyes. Ah, ice in my face. Dredd switched off the computer while he was carrying, and instantly the weather changed. He's like, sob, the sun's back in Mega City, Whitey. You're going back to Devil's Island. You've got the rest of your life to cool off. And it's like, okay, Dredd gets his man again. <laughs> yep, and the sun's out. Sun's um, out. I, I'm kind of confused here. Did he grab Dredd's gun? Is that what happened? Um, Let's have a look here. I thought he had a gun. Oh, clubbing a prison guard. Whitey stole his gun. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. he couldn't... Um, 
he 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 couldn't use Dread's gun because his hand would blow up if that he did that. Yeah, because um, yeah. it's, it's that's what I was thinking. It's matched to the fi- the fingerprints of I think the individual judge. Um, yeah, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah. So. So now we're kind of up to the part where I, uh, mm. you know, I took a break after that Whitey story and then continued. So I feel like I'm a little fresher on these stories coming up. But cool, cool, um, cool. Th- this Computel story was pretty good. Where uh, I loved it. There's like a computer hotel and they go in and um, he's just the hotel starts killing everyone. I don't remember why. Just because I guess computers go it's bad crazy, sometimes. Yeah. Is that what? Well, I think in the in these like late seventies into the eighties stories. There's very much a fear of technology in in the storyline, right. so they're often playing with the idea that robots run amok, hotel, you know, computer hotels run amok, etc. You know. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we had one guy, you know, fall down a elevator shaft. Another movie theater got uh, poisoned. Um, but yeah, one one guy uh, he sacrifices himself to get his girlfriend or his wife out, and she comes out and gets dread. Um. Exactly. And so Dredd goes in to take out the, the hotel. Yep. Um, and he shoots it out. Um, and, you know, he's like, correction machine, I'm stopping you forever. Um, he's, he's like, you think the city would have learned by now? And this will teach them some more. Machine should serve man, not control him. And it's like, you know, it's, it's a warning to the reader. And Dredd in that old school helmet that he's got. And I am glad they changed the helmet, frankly. Because that is like a old school look i mean it's cool but I, I i prefer the more modern helmet than the helmet he's wearing uh, well um if you even look at the next story mm. the ho- the helmet looks a lot more uh modern yeah so yeah. It, it could be an artist artist thing or maybe yeah. they're just starting to redesign it exactly it's a good point yeah that 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 bit above the eyes is a lot smaller in the second story in the next story yeah so yeah. you see reading crime and punishment <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course. Also, <laughs> just to note, this one was moved to thrill number two. Yes. So, interesting. And a uh, good old Walter serving Judge with his fresh synthy licks. Dear Master, is there anything else you require from your humble Wobot? <laughs> that, will be, yeah. that will be your Walter. Good night. <laughs> and, but Dred's onto his case. He's like, he's wondering, he's like, he, he's gone out again. Okay, my sneaky server robot. Tonight I'm going to follow you, and he's like sneaking around because Walter's been giving him all these presents. <laughs> he's like, "Where did you get the money for these? It's a secret." <laughs> it's hard to believe Walter's turned criminal, but if he was, I don't have to come down on him hard. Dismantling, maybe forced rusting, at least. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how forced rusting seems kind of you know cruel and unusual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but then it all turns out that Walter is moonlighting as a taxi driver, which is hilarious. Um, and because Walter loves him and adores him so much, he just wants to buy presents for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Dread, uh, basically, uh, 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 there's a call that comes out from the cab drivers that some guys are, what have they done there? Um, there's some assistance needed, so Dread gets involved. He goes in, he, he kills some guys who are, who are trying to do stuff. The, the, then the, I believe the cab guys, am I right in saying they want to sort of vigilante? Um, it's just the one where they want to sort of go vigilante, but then Dredd slams the guy with a trolley. Um, lock these crumbs up for me, will you? I've got to grab some shut eye. 
And um, basically, I love the twist of the storyline where um, he, he he's wants, like, "How did he even get hired?" Yeah, there are plenty of normal sane humans around, and then you find out the guys like hate to lose you, Walt. You are a great driver to have wound. <laughs> if you ever require another job, give me a wing. And that's like, ask a silly question. And Dred's just like, just because he's got the same sort of um, speech impediment that Walter's got. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, I like these Walter-focused ones. Um, we kind of get into a lot more of that as he goes to, um, what, the moon? The Luna, Luna one, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's great stuff. Um, you actually see here... Uh, yeah, okay, in this one, you, we've actually got a, they're, they're, they're doing the death, death of Dread, but I've just realised you've got here how old he is, so he's 33. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, the tombstone. Yeah, he's 33, so, yeah, because 2066 to 2099, so he's 33. Which, which... So he was 13 when he graduated, which well, maybe that's part of him being a clone. Or, or, you know, or he was just part of the honor roll, you know? Could you be part of the honor roll and not graduate? I don't know. True. I don't know. Yeah, that's... You, you know what I mean? Like, he could have just done well in that year. I don't I, I honestly don't know the rules and regulations when it comes to that. But anyway, it's good that we've actually got a, a, a year in... Um, let's have a look. What, what year is it in Mega City 1 timeline right now? So how old is Dread in normal time? Because he's got to be getting on. Yeah, the book's been around for, what, 50 years almost? So yeah. he's probably... Um, he's got to be, like, in his 80s? Probably, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the 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 answer I got doesn't help because they, they've gone... They've gone, um... Yeah, I don't know. Like, the it, established in 2032... Yeah, we didn't ask what year it was established in. We want to know. <laughs> this one says uh, Dread was 38 when he first appeared, um, but is now six, 82 years old. Right. Well, okay, but he's clearly not 38 because it's, he's born in 2066 and it's it's 2099 in this book. Yeah, it's probably one of those things like uh, the one of the the first time Supergirl appeared with the Legion. Mm. Um, they say uh, that they're the Legionnaires' children that have come back to recruit Supergirl, so she right. could be in their Legion like Superboy was in their parents' Legion. But then they just never addressed that again, so it's probably like that. Yeah, true. Um, one of those situations where it's like, they're like, let's just write over it, like, fuck it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, nobody's paying attention or whatever. We're paying attention. Um, yeah. <laughs> Judge Red Stories has said 122 years in the future. So, what year are we in, man? 2021? Yeah. So, add 122 years to 2021. So, um... 43? 2143? 2143. Then do the math from 2143 to 2066. What's that? That would be... 83? Okay. We've answered our question. Well done. Or 77, I guess. Yeah. Okay. 77? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. 77 with cybernetics. He can still keep punching. You know, look at Clint Eastwood. He's yeah. still going. You know? <laughs> yeah, he, he manages. Yeah, I was going to say, he's pretty old. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you said, the cybernetic enhancements and all that, which is pretty cool. I'll be interested to see if they ever do like, a, um, you know, the last Dread story, you know? 
hopefully not while I'm alive. You know, <laughs> maybe the yeah. day that I'm going to part. If I'm if I'm old, they're like Dave. We're going to do the last Jet Red Story a day. You okay with it? I, I was like, yeah, I clear it. Do it. I want to. I want to read it. You know. <laughs> but then yeah. uh, after that, they could do like Dread in Hell or something. You know. Fuck that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Son of Dread. <laughs> like, yeah. Dread two off the conveyor belt kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so where where are we? Was, was this the one with the yeah? This is the apes. Is it, oh no no, it's the guy. Yeah, um, we're still on the one yeah where he died. Yes. Yeah, but we're we're on the one he died. But there's this um pig nudie or mutie oh, pig right, or whatever yeah. it is, and but dreads looking at the thing mutie the pigs firing like a judgewood fire, and he's left handed, and. He's saying uh, only three left-handed judges are known to use this technique. Judges Cicero, Gibson, and Peace. Uh, Cicero is in hospital, and Peace is on a goodwill visit to Texas City. That leaves only Gibson, my old friend, a bench judge. And, um, yeah, it's quite sad. And uh, it, it, in fact, is Judge Gibson, his old friend. And he goes in to basically rob a bar. But in comes Dredd, who fires the thing out. Uh, and he's like, you're under arrest for the pit, mute the pig crimes, Judge Gibson. But you're dead, Dredd. I killed you. That's what you thought, but you made one mistake. When he went to shoot him, what's what I didn't understand? When he went to shoot him and the laser sight showed and he and he dodged it, why did he think Dredd was dead? I think just because he pretended to be dead and he probably couldn't see right. you know, very well what happened. You know, he didn't okay. go in and verify the kill. Didn't do... Um, you know, two in the head, make sure they're dead kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is what you always yeah. should do, um, really. But then we wouldn't have Judge Dredd. No, we wouldn't. Um, we wouldn't even have this story. It'd just be the one case file. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cut, cut short. Um, but I do like it, though, because uh, then they decide they're going to do a fight to the death because they, they'd agreed to always win their, settle their differences in the ring back when they were in Cadets. Which is kind of crazy that, that like Dread even decides to allow this to happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. I also I saw this one's written by uh, T. B. Grover. That is, which that I, is um, John Wager and Alan Grant. It's one of their. I was gonna say it sounds very much like a made up name. <laughs> yeah, and they use that as a bit of a joke as well, like in later years. So sometimes yeah. I think it's John Wagner writing alone. Other times he's writing with Alan Grant. And they use that mm-hmm. pseudonym. Sometimes they're listed as Wagner and Grant. Like it all, it, it all, it, it kind of all varies. But I believe that is one of the names that they use when they're writing together a lot, um, which they did for a lot of years, uh, a long time actually. Uh, so yeah, it's like um, it's pretty interesting that they're going to go and have this thing. He uses the old heat seeker, and then he uses another heat seeker. Dread uses another heat seeker to blast out that heat seeker. They use ricochet bullets for rapid fire, which I like. The the effective use of the ricochet spray. I like that people are commentating on it because they're watching this. Um, yeah, they're watching through this fight. And then um, he's got big cold but to go out fighting and he shoots Gibson. Judge Gibson was too slow, sir. Yes, boy. And hesitation is fatal against a man like Dredd. But you had me. Why didn't you fire? It was hard enough killing you once. I couldn't do it again. You see, Dredd, you were my friend. It's better this way. Couldn't have faced 20 years on Titan. Goodbye, old buddy. It was a bitter victory. Judge Gibson was my friend. But every judge must know many bitter moments and face them squarely, for no man is greater than the law. And he's wiping out, he's painting out Judge Gibson <laughs> from the honour roll. 
It's heavy. Isn't it weird how (laughs) judges go bad? You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, what was this guy? Yeah, he was like Robin Banks and stuff, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Colin Banks. I mean, I guess that happens. Well, I mean... Absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's it. And, I mean, if you think about it, like, I hate to say it, but, like, regular cops, there's a lot of corruption, unfortunately. You know? True. Um, true. You know, just in, I'm not saying all cops. Certainly not saying all cops, but I'm saying that corruption yeah. in a police force is a is a thing. Corruption in judges is a thing, like as in real life judges, like you do see it. Uh, and but even judges in Mega City One are supposed to be the best of the best. But we, I guess, the thing is, we read the best. Judge Red is never corrupt, you know. Um, That's true. Yeah, and we see the world through his lens. That's how I see it. Like. I can't believe a judge would go corrupt, but they do. They, they get involved, hookers, drugs, etc. Yeah, and with Dredd, it almost seems like, you know, his obsession is the law. So it's almost like an unhealthy obsession with the law sometimes where, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, maybe if he didn't have that unhealthy obsession, maybe he'd be more susceptible to corruption. Yeah, no, Dredd really does. He lives for the law, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the only way to... Don't we all? Well, yeah, I know I do. Um, <laughs> I, You know, I, I would be dread just reading my law book in bed kind of thing, you know, like... When, <laughs> Crime and punishment. When I wasn't on the streets. Um, now, what's going on in this one? Oh, this one was kind of a crazy one. This, this The, the Troggies who, who live below the city. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was going to point out, too, this girl on the first page is quite a beautiful uh, young lady. Good drawing. Have a look. Um, yeah, no, she is. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's that's Gibson and Mike. Because when I look at that, it looks like uh, Gibson. Um, but then you've got Mike Oman's drawing as well. Which, so it's an interesting it's an interesting mix of the two styles. Um, yeah, I didn't know if that was a, a thing of pencils and inks, or if yeah, one did know. three pages, one did the other three. Well, definitely, when we're reading it, sometimes you can see some guys have done one page and another one's done another. Because sometimes the right, art okay. style uh, is so different. Like, it's so obviously, like, Bolden on one page and then someone else will take over. Um, yeah. And Bol- isn't Bolden notoriously a slow artist, I think? I, I mean, definitely, you know, by the time he was at DC and whatnot, but who knows at this time, you know? Yeah. What do you mean he's young? Sometimes it's it. just doing it, I think, that makes him go get slower. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, the level of detail and stuff and everything they put in. But um, anyway, it's interesting. So the, what's interesting here is more the idea. So the storyline itself isn't that interesting, but the idea that these troggulites, are, uh, these troggies are living underneath the city and are all kind of like mixed up and mutated and everything. And they're so crazy. They just want to annihilate everything because they don't feel there's any point to living because like, their existence is so sort of shit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like you said, the story, like now that I'm thinking about it, it was kind of a disposable story that I don't even really remember. Yeah. But I do like the kind of world building that yeah. is, and these guys have like a cool design. And they, they go back to the Undercity, as it's called in later storylines, like when they go back That's to, good. yeah. So it, I just thought it was cool that they sort of explored that and, um, that, you know, it was interesting. Now, I really enjoyed the next storyline, which has got this kid, kid, the, the, Mother's saying, be a good boy, Billy. Go straight to sleep or Judge Red will get you. He's like, oh, Mom, oh, you shouldn't say scary things like that. 
What would Judge Redmond want with me? I ain't done nothing wrong. Then suddenly, in bus, Judge Tread, where's Billy Jones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked as well. And then they pull his head off. Yeah. But, like, you, you see them trying to do it. Judge John, who it's good to see, is already a partner with Dredd. Uh, that's right. Twist it to the right, Judge John. Loosen the insides. Like, what are you doing to my boy? We're trying to rip his head off, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> then it's a robot. <laughs> Imagine if someone came in and to your house and was just doing this to your kid. And like, we're just trying to rip his head off. Um, that would be pretty traumatic. Yeah, very, very, very. Uh, but this is interesting stuff because it's all about, um, uh, like, a, a mobster, I believe, has, uh, or a businessman, have got all the people from all the, the children from all the different... Um, top industries and they've got all these kids and they're going crazy because the kids are all like crying and stuff and they're like I'll give them something to eat boss um, like feeding time at the zoo but worth it with the information those robots will feed us we can be light years ahead of everyone else so it's actually quite a clever storyline to to switch out the children with robots and then effectively have eyes and ears in a house with yeah that's, that's cool yeah like, the concept of a story is cool because, like, then the CEO or something, you know, you could see them today doing a storyline like that, actually, and making it kind of like a, a, a five or six parter, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Interesting stuff. But yeah, then, of course, but Dread, Dread foils the storyline, of course. And then I, 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 I enjoy at the end, you've got the kid, uh, the mother going, You hear that, Ignitz? If you ain't a good boy like you ought to be, Judge Dread will get you too. And so it's, it's, it sort of cycles back in on itself. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of interesting. Um, it is, I also what you said is about being a six parter. It is kind of interesting. Um, what gets de- deemed to be a multi part story and what doesn't? Because like some of these things, you could have you know you could have done a bit more with them if you really wanted to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess back in, back then they were still developing the comic. I wanted to get it out so that you, yeah, um, yeah, you know, they sort of you had a complete story in one. Which I think is a great skill, you know? Oh, for sure, for sure. And then, um, yeah, I mean, later on, I mean, it's quite common for Dread stories to carry over a couple of weeks and stuff, but this is early on in the piece, and I kind of like the fact, though, that they're building the world and they're not getting overly complicated. They're throwing a lot of concepts up in single-shot stories that later on they can build on, you know? Like, it's... Yeah, for sure. Um, Like the muties and the... Or I think they weren't called muties, but whatever. The muties, the troggies. The troggies you've got, you've got the apes here in this storyline we're doing now. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on, and the way they're doing it, it's the, the, it's very packed in, you know, which I like. Like, there's... When I was reading it, I was like, man, it's not actually a fast, fast read, because you're kind of absorbing a lot of information. Oh, um, yeah, there's a lot of... Um panels per page and there's a lot of words per panel or balloons per panel it seems yeah. like and i'm just like give me more you know john wagner give <laughs> yeah. me more these are i love these well, apes, the gangster apes yeah i was gonna say real quick was sometimes these six page stories can read as long as like a you know a 10 or a 12 page you know american story just because sure. of how much they pack into them yeah for sure how about this page? Yeah, the apes you... was good. This one is in the, the best of Judge Dredd book, I think. Rightly so. You've got that one, don't you? Is that a hardcover you've got? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. You pull that one off the shelf much? Um, I have a few times, yeah. I've read uh, maybe a good half of it. Yeah, some good stuff in there, man. Like, yeah. 
And when I say best of, like, it's tough to pick a best of of Dread, you know? Yeah, and, you know, actually, I'm really enjoying reading it through like this, too, where, you know, rather than just picking out some of the better stuff, I like... The Law and Order. They call it the Law and Order, you know, from beginning to end. Oh, yeah, that's clever. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Um, Your days of crime are over, Ape. Um, That's where you're wrong, Dread. Your criminal laws only cover humans. They don't say nothing about apes. You can't touch me. There is one law, maybe you second-generation free apes don't remember, but your mama did, and that's where I'm going to put you where you belong, behind bars, and he winds back up in the Mega City Zoo. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> And they, Somebody says something about uh, feeding. Oh, uh, or he says, ah, that one's dressed like, uh, just like a stupid old gangster. <laughs> Listen, punk, stop hunking with the wisecracks and give me that stinker banana. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. And then you have, funnily enough, this one must have been pulled from when 2000 AD did the reprints because you see here how it's got one planet, one comic, and the 2000 AD logo. See that logo there? Yeah. That was the logo in the late 80s into the early 90s when they were doing this, collecting them as the law and order. So I reckon that they've pulled this one from the reprints, and it's kind of funny that they've got that uh... logo there because that logo was like fucking 20 years later. Like, you know... Or, yeah, or it is odd that they went with that. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of cool as well. I like it. It kind of brings me back to those days. Um, yeah, for sure. I am the law. You better believe it. I love this kind of art style. Again, we're back to this kind of art style that's a bit more raw. I love this storyline. See, I reckon... I'm going to say something that might be controversial. If you did, like, a TV show or movie of this, of this Mega City road race, I think it would be fantastic to have the judges uh like having the road race going on but having judge dread trying to foil the road race that would be an incredible episode or two-parter on a tv show you know yeah bring it on bring sounds it on, cool indeed yeah and i like the so... way yeah go ahead. Oh, go ahead sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say i'm really fond of this storyline which is a multi-parter uh it has the roadblocks uh it has the people doing this crazy race and they're sort of doing a truce and then in the second part, you see Brian Bolden come on, and he does his beautiful artwork. Yeah, and you can, you know, not to say that it's a massive step up, but it's just very different. You know, you can just tell that you're looking at Boland. There's just yeah. something about his style that really stands out. I did want to ask you real quick, though. This one guy in this story is called Spikes Harvey Rotten. Mm-hmm. His name sounds familiar. Is he the one that's in Cursed Earth? He might be. I was thinking the same thing, actually. Um, okay. let's actually type that in. I, I think you're right, but yeah, he doesn't look like him. Well, I didn't know if it was a different story I'm thinking of that we read from this volume. I know the guy you're yeah. thinking of. Um, there is definitely a, a motorcycle guy in Cursed Earth who comes along with Judge Dredd. Um, let's see, Spikes, Harvey yeah. Rodden. Yeah, no, it is him. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm picking up on these names because they're throwing so many, you know, characters out there that I just wanted to make sure I was staying on top of it. In his later appearance, he is far more ragged and shaggy and wears a lot more punk style jewelry. But that's him. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, no, pretty. That's that's a pretty. That's that's a good pickup from you. Thank um, you. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so he they bring him back because uh, he doesn't obviously die in this issue. Um, the thing is, to me, he doesn't look at all similar to the character in, like, which which one is he in this? 
That's what uh, I'm on this this uh, third Boland page. Yeah. He's the one in the bottom right panel that says Judge Dredd. And oh, okay. Oh, that does corners. look okay. Then that does look more like him. So yeah, he's not the other the guy, guy with the beard is not him. Okay, but, cool. But I could see why. Yeah. That's where I was getting confused. Right. Okay. And then he's the other guy's trying to play a game of chicken with him. Dread leaps off, and then it's hilarious. This guy really gets dominated. He's trying to reach the the, the beacon, and he got to be the top man, and um, he dies just before it. Early inches yeah. away, but that's enough. The bike thugs know we can stop them now. They won't ever try to hold the Mega City Five Thousand again. So confident, <laughs> Judge Dread. You know, <laughs> no fun. <laughs> and yeah, you have Giant just dusting off his shoulder as well. Like you know. Good old Judge John, <laughs> yeah. you know, great. But you are right, Boland coming in, I mean, it's beautiful pages, really, you know? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think it's, I don't know, there's something, I really love Boland stuff. You know, he has a lot of great covers at DC and Marvel, too, uh, and, and stories at DC and Marvel, but uh, or DC at least. But, yeah. you know, there's just something about his style, you can just instantly kind of pick it out. No, he's, in, he's incredible. You, yeah, you can pick it up. Well, it's cleaner than than a lot of the other stuff we're seeing here. It's a very clean yeah, style. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I think it really lets the story kind of breathe. Um, no, it's 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 great stuff. And um, and, and I mean, I, I like a lot of the artwork here. I mean, I, I think they had quite the murderer's role of talent. Like, I think they were all quite competitive with each other. Um, you know, and spurred each other on a lot. So there was kind of a friendly competition going on in the offices. You know. Yeah, there's never been any art here that have been like. Uh, you know, haven't liked so yeah, far. Definitely. Now we get to the storyline on Luna One, which I think is an interesting. Um, we can kind of go over these kind of quickly, but I I think it's kind of an interesting uh, decision to. T- and I'd never read these before, so I knew Judge Red went to Luna One, but I'd never I'd never read these, so it was my first time. Um, it's interesting. He goes up to a Marshal of Luna One because is it every six months they change over the the. Um, the you know every six months one of the three cities from the United from the North American continent would have to supply a new judge marshal to govern the Luna One police force and in this case they've chosen Judge Dredd um, mm-hmm. and Walter comes along um, with him in his luggage. <laughs> yep, that's what I was going to say. Yep, you got to keep that sporting cast around. Um, yeah, I actually really enjoyed these uh, yeah. Luna One stories. Me too. They're they're I think really interesting. Now when he's Coming into Luna One, uh, a missile goes off and um, almost almost gets them when they first come in. Then they, they meet a robot who just straight away tries to kill Judge Red, and um, this is this crazy little robot um, that then goes in the self destruct sequence. One thing I'd like to know first: the KDM. Now, this one thing's for sure: whoever is behind this sure doesn't want me on Luna One, and um, that kicks it off. Then you've got Mike McMahon back again. I do like his artwork. Um, Luna One, uh, Judge Red takes on the oath, and then you have this kind of crazy sort of, um, what is he, kind of like a robot sort of martial guy come in and try to get Judge Red. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I love, I liked Her. it. And Judge Red actually casts suspicion on the, um, on the, on the police, the deputy police chief uh, here. Right, because there's something in his badge that's attracting the bullet, um, and he he thinks that the the deputy's the one that planted it. Right? Yeah, you stood there watching text like you hoped this robo slinger would nail me, and you had the opportunity to plant a signal device on my badge. 
Maybe I ain't all that hot on you, Marshall's Dread, but I ain't no traitor. Uh, nope, your badge was made by Mooney Fabrications. And look here, the robot's got the Mooney brand. I love the way they're so obvious about who's actually trying to kill him. Like, it's this Mooney guy. Um, yeah, um, and I honestly thought it was just going to be the um, the deputy, but yeah. it did not. No. Um, then we had a storyline here, which was uh, Judge Red and the Christmas Story, um, which is a good story. Yeah, and Walter, of course, is out buying presents for him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but then the guy dressed as Santa Claus kidnaps Walter, and um, I don't remember how he finds him. Uh, how does he find him? Um, that's a good. That's a good one. Uh, please don't come in a thousand. Geek stands behind the door. Well, I think he tells him where he's going to be. Now, come on, oh, Dreddy. Okay. Santa's got a nice present for you. He's got the massive axe. And he's like, mind if I use the side entrance, Geek? He's like, huh? Dread on a hover bike? Because they use hover bikes on Luna 1 uh, rather than lawmasters due to the gravity. Um, right, yeah. You're under arrest. Wrong, Dreddy. Drop that gun or I pull this string and the robot gets a severe headache. Um. And then he um, basically shatters down Andred with the with the blade, but it sh- the, it, sh- it shatters the blade. That's right, Geeky. You don't pull the strings anymore. And but how? Your neck must be made of steel, right? Flexi steel. I knew your favorite way of killing, so I took out a little insurance. And then Walter's Smart. like, That's "Oh, Judge, where's my hero?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Walter gives him all of his presents, including these. Uh, Judge Dread Long Johns, which I think he might have given him the other time too. But... Yeah, with the name on them as well, Judge Dread. Yeah, and then what's Dread give him uh, a new spout for his uh, drink dispenser? Yeah, and it's so funny that when you see Walter like crying with the oil, um, and he's like crazy robot. Any minute now, he'll start leaking oil. I'll just let him stew a little longer. It's funny that Dread's just like playing games <laughs> with Walter. And he's like, "Merry Christmas, Walter." <laughs> And then it's like, Merry Christmas, world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great Christmas story from, from, from the Judge Red team. Um, oh, uh, I can hit this next one. I remember this one yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, this one's the 22nd Century Fuji. Mm. So uh, the Mooney company has this employee, and he's being overworked. And if he doesn't work really hard, um, he's going to be fired. And that's yes. basically a death sentence uh, is, is the assumption that I made. Yeah. But um, he's got this whole stack of paperwork to do in and out, and then he's working through New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, and there's a party, and all these guys are around uh, partying, and then they knock all over all of his hard work, which is basically going to get him fired. So he goes crazy. He starts beating people with, like, uh, pebbles. Well, not pebbles. Bam Bam from the Flintstones, his club. Um. Yeah, let's see. I don't remember what happens after that, but he's trying to kill a bunch of people. Oh, he's smashing parking meters, and then uh, he's just going nuts. Like, yeah, Judge Dredd gets recruited by his son, right? Yeah, the, the, the son's like, can, "Can you help me out? My dad's going crazy." Um, and then Dredd comes in, um, basically, and. His condition excuses his crimes. He will be sent for medical treatment. With luck, he'll be completely recovered in a few weeks. You saved my life, Dad's life, Judge. What will happen to him now? And then Dredd says, thinks, but no one ever fully recovers from the time as a footsie. Uh, Arthur 
Goodworthy will always bear the scars that Mr. Mooney gave him. So it's kind of pointing yeah. to the kind of evil corporation kind of thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, And I think the next story is where he actually goes and finds Mr. Mooney. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Mooney's a lunatic. And he was... But it's kind of cool, though. Like, um, you see the storyline... Uh, and John Howard is John Wagner. I'm fully... I fully remember that now. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so he's under arrest for attempted murder, um, but it's just a projection. And then finally, you get to see Mr. Mooney, and he, you see that, like, he came... I like the idea. He came to see if there was life on the moon, and he discovered life, but it was just a microscopic virus that wasted away his whole face. It swelled his skull up to the size of a balloon. A max program of vaccination was started against Mooney's virus, but for some it was too late. The lucky ones died. Yes, now you can see. Ugly, isn't it? So I hid myself away here, and with the 10 million credits I won for finding the virus, I began to buy and cheat to steal, to steal the moon. The moon deserved, did this to me. I deserve to own the moon in return. Wow. Crazy. Hardcore, yeah. It's a yeah. crazy guy. But then Walter, uh, your favourite, comes to the rescue when the when the the sort of dome or whatever it is comes down to capture them. Bullets, I like the way Judd Red's firing, and it's like bullets won't penetrate, pumps are sucking air out, and then um, only one thing break glass, sonic waves, and Walter breaks, is singing so loudly that he breaks his own screen and then breaks the, the barrier, which is great. Yeah, and uh, is, does Dredd shoot the guy? Is that what happened? Because he falls on his face. I didn't really understand where. Yeah, he sh- he shoots him. When he's like, uh-uh, oh, okay. no, you don't, Lawbreaker. He's shooting there. It's kind of hard to see, but you can see the shot behind the the oh, okay. the, the, the hand. And then he shoots him. Uh, Walter will require some dwastic repairs that he will cover. He's, with, he's master pleased with his humble robot. I sure am, Walter. In fact, you could say, I'm over the moon. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, that Walter's going to be okay. <laughs> and also, I yeah. always feel like when Dredd's wearing the cape, he always looks more like a, you know, like a superhero. Yeah, but come on, man. Like, forget about the cape, dude. He never wears the cape other than all his time on the moon. You want Dredd? Oh, really? Think about this, dude. Think about this. The soft judges wear capes. Think about this, man. <laughs> like, think about this for a second. In the future where the crime is so prevalent, Dredd is on a superhero, man. He is just the necessary response to the insanity. You know? You see what I'm saying? You oh, see... I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah you see I what I'm laying that. down. And he's out on the streets, man. He doesn't have time for capes. <laughs> this isn't a cape yeah. deal, you know? He's got a... He's kid got stuff. A, it's, it's exactly right. It's kid stuff. He's got to go out there with his lawgiver and maybe his rifle and take it on. He's the law. So, <laughs> Leave the capes behind. Leave the capes behind, exactly. Judge Red normally would sneer at a cape, you know? Normally. As he, he doesn't even like, be, like he, he doesn't even like being in the in the sort of the martial seat. He prefers to be out on the streets. He's a oh, yeah. he's a street judge through and through. Um then we have a land race, which was kind of funny because um it um it's sort of like everyone's staking their claims on areas of the moon. Um, yeah, but they have to do it like with an actual race where they're like trying to touch a pole or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is which is which is interesting, I think personally. I mean, I think it's a it's a pretty cool idea. Um, yeah. And Brian yeah. Bolland again. 
Yeah, Brian Boland. Brian Boland with, I think, someone else as well. Do, do you not? Because it doesn't look... Oh, maybe so. It's If it's Brian Boland, it's different Brian Boland to normal. Maybe he's got a different inker. Cause... Yeah, the second page part of it looks a little bit off to me, but... Yeah, just, just from what we know of Boland's work, it's a lot less clean than normal. It's it's very good. I also like the way they've got the other judges there, because those other judges are saying, you don't go nowhere, amigo. There's a Mexican um, judge city. I forget what it's yeah, called. Yeah. And, they're, and like Judge Red deals in caricatures, you know? And yeah. they do the Mexican... Because remember, it's a British comic. They do the Mexican judges. They generally do them as like sort of overweight and corrupt and everything. Like they're sort of fairly... Mm-hmm. And, you know, and look, you know, that's kind of the way they go. They, they make it so that it's much more of a corrupt system um, than Mega City 1, and which I think is an interesting choice. And it, But it's interesting that they turn up here, you know, because so early on in the comic, because I think of Case Files 1 as very early on for 2000 AD, but already we're seeing, um, we're seeing the these uh, judges turning up, you know? Yeah, laying the groundwork. Laying the groundwork. That's it, man. Like it's, and then we have. What did you think of Walter's little romance, which I thought was quite amusing? Yeah, I did like that. What was her name? Uh, uh, Rowena. Yeah, yeah. And he calls her Rowena. Yeah, and it's so funny. Um, robots in love, ridiculous. Still, I suppose we should have known this day was coming when we gave human robots human-like personalities. Still, if it keeps Walter out of my my hair, I'm all for it. It's so funny. I love the way Judger is just watching on. He's like, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're trying to get this old lady to sign over her land, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. They're... yeah. Yeah. They're definitely trying to do that, man. They're corrupt. They're corrupt. Um, and then we have the oxy- Oxygen Desert, which was which I thought was a neat storyline. And, um, I mean, so much of this stuff would be so great on screen. I think these days you could do it. Like... I'm not saying it has to do every single storyline of the Lunar One story, but it would be such a great little this TV show they do. If they did like a you know a few episodes where Dread was the marshal on Lunar One, yeah, that'd know. be cool. Well, it was the first yeah, time they uh, took him out of Mega City. I think it was the first time they took him out of Mega City One. So seems like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think right. And um, oh, it's crazy. The the drop dead marshal. Uh, a dummy, I fell for the oldest trick in the book. Hard luck in the oxygen desert, you don't get a second chance. And then I, I love it as well because he, Judge Red's made the mistake with the audio circuits, and then it's... Sorry, it, it, You're right, the assumption is that um, Dredd is dead, and um, and then he comes in, maybe he'd be better if I was, Carmody got away, law rod, helmet, badge, what are you all doing? A judge can't afford to make any mistakes, Tex. Out there in the oxygen desert, I made too. I'm not fit to wear the badge anymore. But judge, not, no, not judge, just dread, plain Joe dread. And then it's, it's, um, classic. This, this scene here for me is one of the greatest scenes. He goes down, he's working on the server crew, the, you know, the street sweepers with the robots. And, yeah. and then he gets fired. Sorry, Joe, but your work ain't up to scratch. It takes a lot of good qualities to make a street sweep. And, well, Joe, you don't, just don't have them. And the robots are being nice to him. Gee, Joe, real sorry. Um, and they're and they're trying to be nice, and they're saying, "Hey, looking for robots over a grave graveyard? Grave digging's easy work. Yeah, you could handle that. Thanks, fellas." And he's got like stubble and stuff going on. And then yeah. and then Carmody turns up, and it turns out it's all been a big trick. And and Dread, guess what? He's back in action. 
Uh, that's right, Carmody. You made a fool of the law, and I couldn't let you get away with it. But I knew you'd never, I'd never find you in your own territory. So I brought you to me. I knew you'd want to kill me, but I, but I had to look an easy kill, a broken man like you look now. Sometimes it's necessary to take drastic measures to uphold the law. But let it here be known that I am still a judge, and I will remain a judge until the day I die. And then you've got the old crazy <laughs> guys go, "Good old Judge Red, he's sure better. He makes one lousy street sweep." One of the robots says. <laughs> Which, you know, you'd think that Judge Dredd could handle street sweeping. Yeah, but, but I think um, he was deliberately, you know, playing it down. He was trying oh, to sort I of... He was, yeah, he was... He wasn't really putting his heart into the street sweeping. He was trying to do the fallen hero, you know, routine. Yeah. So. Um, I do... Uh... <sighs> Sorry. Question if this one kind of conflicts with the last story in here where he... Um... One of the stories towards the end is him coming back to Earth, and he's yes. not willing to interfere with any of the crime until he's sworn in because mm. a citizen isn't supposed to take law into their own hands. Where this one, I feel like that's kind of what he did because officially he did turn over his badge. But well, yeah, it's very technical. But maybe on the no, on, on the on Luna One, laws are different. You know, that's true. Yeah, because in Mega City One, I love it how when he's coming back. And he's just like he—he's refusing to to get involved until they sw- until they swear him in, and then he's like, "I'm back, Judge Red is back, creeps." And he's just like <laughs> he just goes mental when he gets. It's like all that pent up tension of walking down that street with all the crime. Yeah, he's just gleeful to be back. He's just—he's just a one man war on crime. Um, yeah, no. Then we had the Lunar Olympics, which I thought was a really good one. When you have the Sov judges, I believe it might be the first appearance of the Sov judges. See how they've got capes and the sort of, um, the, they sort of got the Gestapo look really on the Sov judges. Oh, um, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a big factor in 2008, especially the early years, like the Apocalypse War that it's all leading up to. Because remember, this was written during the Cold War, um, you know, and early 80s, the Cold War was still very prevalent with Reagan, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. That that you know, that's the decade I grew up in, man. Under the threat of the nuclear bomb, dude, every day. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> it's an interesting time in history. A scary time in history. I wasn't. Um, that, I wasn't that scared. I was ready. To I go. can imagine. I was ready to go, man. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but the soft judges are great, and um, people now write think pieces about like this and say, "Oh, should we have done the soft judges so evil?" Blah blah blah. Whatever. As Reagan said, they were the evil empire back then. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, this one uh, Soviet athlete gets like vaporized, which I thought was pretty crazy looking. Yeah, no, it's it is crazy, and I like what he's like. I sentence you to death, and they um, yeah, he he gets massively vaporized. That's actually true. Yeah, and then they're gonna they're gonna kill the guy, and he says, first our star spoon is disintegrated, then you murder Judge Colby. The Sov cities will not stand for these acts of aggression. We are at war, which is very kind of cool. They bring that in, and then I love the the storyline they bring in that basically back in, in this future time period, war takes place as kind of like a um a game, really. Yeah, they just have what like five people on each side rather than having thousands of people. Yeah, 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 and it's like it's like a deathmatch kind of style, which I think is a neat idea. Um, I do too. It almost makes sense in a way, like you're yeah. accomplishing about as much. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and I, I guess mutually assured destruction. If you actually, because obviously, eventually they do go to war. That's the thing. Uh, in apocalypse war, like there's a, 
there's there, there is a there's a famous one which we'll do where sort of a conflict breaks out like a limited scale conflict, and then they um and then it goes all the way kind of thing to 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 full war, and you see that is that between um, Mega City One and the the yeah, Soviets or the, yeah the Soviet bloc yeah yeah so okay. there's there's kind of this is like the opening storyline which brings in the the consequences of it like bring brings in the sort of the players in the Sov judges and the Sov block. But yeah, there's, there's like a introductory kind of like uh sort of fake war and, and you know, it's not quite, it's not quite a hot war. And then apocalypse war is when it, it fully goes literally nuclear. Um, Interesting. Is that coming up before long or is that in a while? No, it's, it's reasonably early. Uh, it's, um, you gotcha. know, it's, it's probably case files three or four. Um, it's one of the most gotcha. famous storylines, um, in um in in it's it's one of the seminal you know judge red storylines it's great um but they but they wisely build up to it if you know what i mean like they wisely sort of um they, they do a bit of building before they get there so it's not like you just get the soft judges and then you're straight into it there's there's a it's case files five uh okay yeah so four. it's 2104 so it would be a little while yeah a little, little, little way down the track but um it's it's considered one of the classics for sure. I mean, I I own it in like three formats. I have it in case files format. I bought the Origins recent, um, not Origins, the Essentials. I bought it because I thought yeah. I want to get a new trade, and I've got an old school trade from like the from like the late eighties, early nineties. Um, very cool on my shelf. Yeah, well, I'm just like yeah, it's that's a good one I'm, then. Oh, it's it's a classic, man. It's a it's if you're doing top top ten Judge Red stories, it'd be in there every time. So, real quick, just a question: What dread did you cover on Signal already? Just uh, I know you did the Oz storyline. We, we did do Oz. Uh, We've done the Pit, um, which is a much oh, later okay. storyline. Oh, I've done a few bits and pieces. I did a solo one where I did a Grant Morrison storyline. You know, but n- none of which. When we eventually get there, we'll do them all, man. Like you know, like I was very, oh, yeah, for sure. I was very unhappy with Stu doing Oz. When he was not enthusiastic uh, about the dreads. It was stuff. ridiculous. Like, you know, and uh, and I believe I told him that at the time as well. So yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll do a redo of that because I had to defend it was difficult to get into the story and I spent so much time having to defend Judge Dredd himself, you know. Um, right. It's not the kind of character that Stu really ever uh cared for, I don't think, or understood yeah. you know. Oh. But uh Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, if it's on par with this stuff, I think it'll be pretty fun. Unfortunately, for poor old Stu, that's a minus in his column. You know what I'm saying? Like, he <laughs> <laughs> yeah. loses a notch on that one. But, but anyway, uh, Judge Dredd isn't for everyone. But I, I personally believe he's for most people. You know, um, you know, some people are critical of his methods. I, I don't see any problem. <laughs> I don't see any problem with his methods. I love his methods. Um, <laughs> You know, the other day, just just a side note, they were talking about putting troops on the street here because because of, of lockdown laws and stuff. And I just, okay. I was, I was so overjoyed. Michelle's like, "It's your dream coming true." And I was like, "Yeah, finally, <laughs> finally, we're gonna get some." And I said, "While we're at it, can we start really wiping down on the crime? Like, while we've got all these suburbs locked down, let's go in and tear out the meth houses and the crack labs and stuff." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Get some judges out on the street. Get some judges out on the street. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Go. Ahead. Let's let's use this opportunity to go house to house at them. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> firefight, firefights breaking out like in Sydney. Dave's just loving it. Like you know what I mean? Like people are like wow. These uh, 
military really really took control of the situation. <laughs> we thought we were just doing a COVID lockdown. Uh, Dave's got a whole whole new idea. <laughs> yeah, Dave's definitely got ideas. <laughs> um, all right, so but I love the. I I think this stuff in the the Olympics is cool. How you've got like the um, you know, you've got things like the cybernetic. You can have twenty percent of cybernetics. Uh, you've got the guy with the steroids. Like it's all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, and then we have the the battle. And I believe this is Boland again. If I'm if I know my Boland, I yeah, it's Brian Boland. Um, oh, real quick, I was gonna. Or wait, are you still on the? The war, or did you skip to the next one yet? No, I'm going. I'm on the war one where I've got the. Oh, okay. Yeah, where I've got the. They're sort of doing, uh, yeah, the the wars going on, and then you get the thing where, uh, people are. I, I was kind of confused. They they run into the beams, so the beams go through them and explode on the other side because the beams are set for range, not impact, which was interesting. Right, so it's like explode whatever's twenty feet away instead of. Yeah, it's a pretty is... weird gun, like. <laughs> You know, you, yeah, I mean, I guess it was nice because they could shoot through walls and stuff, yeah. but it was also like you have to be very precise. Very precise, very precise, like super precise. Yeah. You, you'd have to constantly be adjusting the setting, and so Dredd got the idea to charge. But I, one thing I love in this storyline is where Dredd, you see, he, he goes, sure, but I've got a few words, and he takes the mic off the guy, and then he shoves the mic in the guy's face. Listen, you folks at home, today we won a piece of Sov City's dirt. So what? Three good men died to do it. That's what matters. Sometimes war is necessary, but don't ever let creeps tell you what's fun. War is pointless. War is evil. War is hell. And there's the guy at home going, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, that was a good one. You see the kid over there playing with the gun. Yeah, it's yeah, great. That was a good one. It's great stuff. Like, you know, I just love the way Dredd just seizes the mic and just gives his peace of mind to the citizens. Um, yeah. He's not subtle, Judge Dredd, is he? You know? No, no, that's not how I would describe him. <laughs> uh, he's 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 as subtle as a sledgehammer, which I love. Um, and then we have this is the one we've got the face changes, and they're taking on like um, who is it like um, Charlie Chapman and and those kind of guys. That's uh, Laurel and Hardy and Laurel. Charlie Chapman, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, like old school. And then we see Groucho Marx, who I'm familiar with as well, and like one of his yeah, brothers. the Marx brothers. It's yeah. cool seeing them. Yeah, I, I must admit, I've always liked the Marx Brothers, and it's good to see old Groucho there with his cigar and got Harpo there, and they're just like, giggling and laughing. And, and, and the way that um, Boland draws them, at least on the third page there, yeah. they almost look like they're pictures of, yeah. you know, uh, I'm looking at, uh, what is it, is it Chico or Harpo? Yeah. Harpo. It almost looks like it'd be a photograph. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's beautifully done, like, really. I mean, I thought I recognized these faces all 20th century comedians. They've got a face changing machine. And then it's one of the great storylines. And this was in the Judge Red role-playing game in all the supplemental material. They had this this thing where it's revealed the lawyer and the, and Dredd face changes into the lawyer, then gets the confession. I mean, it's almost entrapment. Um, he goes undercover and he records the conversation when they're all talking about it. And then he goes, that's right, boys, you made one mistake. You've got a face changing. We've got a face changing machine at our own, of our own at Justice Central, and they're like dread. The face is Manny's, but the fist is Dreads. Now you creeps are get one last face change. There's a look a con gets when he's done forty years in a dome repair gang. Kind of sad, kind of empty. It ain't pretty. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the the law man, as always, wins out. You know, you can't yeah. beat the law. You can run from it, but you can't hide from it. You know. 
<laughs> this is this is it, man. Yep. And this is where I'm like, you know, guys like um, Rich are always like, you know, well, we want the 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 moral lesson. I'm like, how about Judge Red? He just delivers it just like a sermon almost. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, don't break the law. That's I the a... that's the sermon. And you know what? As a, as a I'll be honest, as a moody teenager, when I was reading it, I was like, hell yeah. I, you know, like, I remember my mother picked up a Judge Red once, where, which was particularly, but she goes, oh, it's a little bit violent, David. And I was like, I was like, that's the streets of Mega City 1, what do you expect? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's popping off, it's not lollipops and, you know, roses kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, he's got to rise to the challenge. Exactly, yeah, Exactly. And, you know, uh, I think, sometimes I think with, with this kind of stuff, to be overt as possible and, and all that kind of thing, I think it really succeeds. You know, there's, there's no, there's no greys in Judge Red's world, it, you know, in his, it, there is certainly greys in the, in the overall world, but in how he sees it, he's pretty black and white, I would describe him as. Right, like, we don't really see much of, um... Like, oh, I'm stealing food to feed my children. It's like, I'm a criminal. Yeah. I'm a bad guy. And <laughs> Red's going to take care of me. You know, <laughs> the closest we saw maybe was the guy that, uh, the fut- the Futsi, that uh, he, you know, the son yes. was trying to rescue. Yeah, that, yeah, that would probably be the closest to him. Like Later on, they humanized Red slightly. And when I say slightly, they just dial up slightly his empathy from like zero to one. You know? I- yeah. Um, but I'm happy with him on empathy zero as well. You know. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Like, especially for these little you know six page stories that are kind of self contained. It's kind of nice. Just yeah. And then we had the storyline yeah. of Elvis the killer killer car, which yeah. was kind of a throwaway storyline that for some reason went three issues, but I did enjoy it. Um, four issues actually. It's it's quite a long story for for quite a simple story, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I agree. It was one that I wasn't um, like you say. It was it was fine, but it wasn't. Yeah, and I would say to readers, like, if you want to get into it, like, read it yourself. But I like at the end, he finally rusts the car, and the deputy says, "Just a pile of dust on the studio floor. All that's left of the car who never grew up." And then Dred's like, kind of deep, but but it would have been better for us if he'd never been born. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. cool. Uh, but uh, I guess another thing about this one is we just had. In this volume, the the robot war, yeah. or robot revolution, and this yeah. just felt kind of similar to that. Yes, it was the car who was making the other cars like you know, um, betray kind of thing. Like yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's the same concept. But I guess something you'll find with Judge Red, John Wagner is an interesting writer. He'll clearly sometimes write a deep, more hard hitting story, and then he'll do some throwaways. You know, and yeah, yeah. he he's an interesting... I like it because it's like... He's kind of like one of those players. He's like He knows when to dial it up and deeper, and this is kind of technically a more important storyline. And he's more kind of a fluff story, you know, that, that he pumps out kind of quick. And I guess when you're doing a weekly comic, that's you've got to think about it. That's part of the grind, as well as the artist. Yeah. You've got to be the writer to pump it out week by week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's kind of what's kind of tough is like because each week he has to come up with a story, and each week he needs that that twist in the story or the you know the reveal every time that you know makes it interesting. It's kind of like Seal of Doom. Impressive. It's kind of like Seal of Doom. Every week you got to churn it out, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same. Got to come up with the opinions. You got to build a city. 
you know, got to build a great character like Judge Dredd, let him yeah. loose, you know. Um, no, it, it, it is the challenges uh, are certainly, and I think that that's why the 2008 guys are champs for being able to turn out this kind of stuff week on week on week on week. It'd be a challenge for the editors, be a challenge for the writers, for the artists to get that book out on time. And they always say with 2008 content is king. They all the the, the prog like the issue always needs content. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Dread can't just put. Because Dread can't just take it all, man. You know. Yeah, how um, many pages do they normally have? Like, how many stories? I think there's normally, like, five or so, five or six. We actually had... I, I should read this out, actually, if I can find it. We actually... One of the guys who was listening to the show from last time, actually, it wasn't just issue one where there was no dread. There's a couple of other examples as well. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and he listed it out. I'll try to see if I can find it and read it out for later in the show, but... But thank you for that, because he, he listed out there's a couple of issues where 2008 did like a full slain story. There's not many, but there's there's a couple of examples. Um, and it's always great to see when you get that guy who's got that kind of information, you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was just taking you at your word, Dave. But this guy's well, coming in and he's uh, well, you know, I wasn't far wrong. Like there was very few examples of it, man. Like let's not get too carried away with my, me being in too much error, but um, you know, like it, it's interesting stuff. Like I, I always love those guys, man, who who just they're nuts and bolts. You know what I'm saying? Like they, <laughs> yeah, they've got a full knowledge of where it, where it starts, where it ends, where it takes a break. Encyclopedic is, is the word I use to describe it. Um, okay, so now which which one are we in now? It's uh, oh the oxygen, and then you got the oxygen. These guys have done this robbery, and they've got all this stuff. But then, sadly for them, they're behind on their oxygen rent. Yeah, this is a good one uh, where they kind of—I mean, what weren't they using the oxygen truck as a way to like steal things, basically? Yeah, yeah. if I remember right. Yeah, but yeah, that, that was pretty uh, pretty dark twist at the end there that I it kind was. of appreciated. Yeah, a smart took me a minute to remember that they were on the moon, and that's why yes. they needed oxygen. Yeah, and like the oxygen board will literally just kill you. And he's like, it has come to my attention that your oxygen bill is now two months overdue, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to terminate your supply. Terminate, you cut me off, but you can't. I can and I will, Mr. Smith. (laughs) (laughs) And then I like it as well where he says, not executed text, cut off. It's your pace to keep your gas bills up to date. A smart man can beat the law, but baby, only a fool bucks the oxygen board. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, no, it's great stuff. Uh, then we had, yeah. um, is it another, uh, well, a guy trying to kill himself, Drocken Leaper, and Dredd catches him on his hover bike. Uh, your actions constitute a public nuisance, citizen. I sentence you to 90 days penal servitude. You can't do that, Dredd. Don't you see this man's disturbed? The prison psychs will deal with that lady. My job is upholding the law. You'll find 2,000 credits for attempting to ob- obstruct justice. But that's monstrous. 4,000 credits. Anything else to say, lady? That's the... So this one is credited to Brian Bolland, mm. but obviously that the first page is Bolland. The, yeah, the other ones are not. No, it look looks like him. Mike McMahon on the on the next pages. Um, yeah, I'd almost I'd be very confident saying that's Mike McMahon. So you know, whoever whoever was doing the credits uh, didn't know their Mike McMahon from their Brian Bolland, which is hilarious because they're such different styles. You know, for sure. Like honestly, like we can pick it off on a, on on the eye, um, but uh, then it's it's like um, Dread is so tired he's just falling asleep. 
You work so hard and never stop, and people think you're grim and nasty and far too strict. <laughs> but Walter, know the truth. You have to be that way. You, you are to make the streets safe for decent people. Dear Judge Dredd, what would we do without you? And it's got like poor old Judge Dredd asleep. And then <laughs> what I consider one of my favourite storylines from this early Dredd, it's Return to the Mega City. And you've got Dredd back in the classic, you know, the classic, uh, look, no more cape, Adam. Forget about the cape, dude. Um, do you want to hear any more comments? <laughs> I missed the that? cape. Yeah, well, you're going to miss it for the next 40 years. So uh, <laughs> he's a street judge. And I just love this storyline where he's walking through. Judge Red's flipped his lid for sure. And it's like, what's going on? Why is Judge Red being so nice and pleasant? Um, and Maria's like, um, Maria's like holding him and hugging him. That's enough of that, Maria. You're queasing Judge Red's good uniform. <laughs> <laughs> don't be so harsh Walter come on we'll walk home I want to get the feel of the streets again um, this is the worst area of 4,000 crimes committed every day on this one street alone and Dredge just I just love it he's just walking by and then when he gets on and he swears I'll be looking for you all over the chief judge sent me around with your reinstatement papers he swore in on pe- volume 2 of the Juro Penal Code well that's it sir you're now officially back on the force good now shift your butt rookie I need your bike Look out, you law-breaking scum. Judge Red's back in town. And what great artwork from Mike McMahon here. And doesn't he just, like, sum it all up, man? Like, this is this is the beginning. Yeah. Like, Judge Red's back, and you better believe it. Um, eat Judge Brute, Judge Boot Lawbreaker. And he's just he's just <laughs> going for absolute gold here. Dredd's back. I knew our luck was too good to last. Uh, my drock, I've never seen shooting like that. It's just great stuff, man. I was, I have to say, I was a little surprised that he was so, like, laid back about all the crime around him. I get, yeah. you know, the twist at the end is that, yeah. you know, he can't, but I was still just surprised that he was that, Well, it's a bit know, of a joke. happy-go-lucky. I, I think it's a bit of a joke, man. Like, they're, yeah. they're having a little bit of fun, you know. Like, they've got to play Dread straight, but it's funny what's actually happening, you know what I mean? Like he's, yeah, that's true. He, he's just, in these early storylines, there is a bit of, like, comedy going on beneath the surface for sure um and now stop bothering me and get home i've got a city to clean up such a bad temper that's more like the judge i know yes but we are judge weds come home walter's just like so happy <laughs> <laughs> now it's great stuff and then we had the firebug story was the firebug story the final story um uh, other than the walter stuff i think oh yeah yeah and yeah how about the th- i just won't mention this i want to get your opinion actually when, when they've got the guy who they realise his hotels and all that are being burnt, so it's probably an insurance job, an arson job, um, he says, we're going to... we're gonna. Um, I believe you set fire to your own buildings in order to collect the insurance money. The machine in there will remove the top layer of your skin from your entire body. We're going to test it for traces of fire-raising chemicals. Uh, that's ridiculous. You, you can't do this to me. I can and I will, under the authority granted to me by the Reasonable Grounds for Suspicion Act of... 2086 take him away um and so they do that i mean that was harsh and the the guy's like fully under bandages yeah i actually really like that i find that kind of thing really like fun and interesting yeah uh when they do little crazy things like that um this one was also in the best of dread book i believe oh really cool well that's Mm -hmm. that's interesting because i remember this machine and it kind of stuck with me a little bit it's great yeah and then you've got um yeah, and then and then Walter is it's so hilarious that Walter is um basically going to uh 
kill himself almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, he's so crazy. He's, no robot of mine is going to behave in this ridiculous manner again. Robot of yours, you mean, that's right. I'm filing these deeds of ownership today. The next time you step out of line, it'll be the robot auctions for you. Who judged Wed? You've made me the happiest robot in the world. <laughs> and that wraps it up. Um, there is a little bit of supplemental material, like uh, a vision of Judge Red. I'm glad they didn't go with where he's just like an executioner. Um, yeah, what was this? Was this like? Uh, it's just like the initial um, concept. Like, so they it. included it to show the original artwork, and it also contains evidence of Judge Red acting his role of judge during an execution of the side of his character that was cut out. So it's it's obviously like the original pitch. And they published it in the comic after Judgment really got rolling. And it's just an opportunity to show basically the original artwork, um, I assume, by Carlos Esquizara and Pat Mills. Um, you know, I, I'm glad they didn't go with that, where Judgment's just, I think it's stupid that, like, he's like, killing people when they're not even, you know, like. Well, I did think it was funny. There was the Jaywalker guy. Yeah. yeah. And he was going to give him. Uh... 400 days in the Jay Walker jug and then he was going to bribe him yeah. and then he runs away and then kills him I think it was kind yeah, of funny yeah. no, so I'm glad that that's just like a what if and then you had the Walter the Robot stuff I didn't actually read all of that Like I, I did you read that? I mean you are quite the Walter fan I, I am a Walter fan I'll uh, I'll kill for or <laughs> I'll die for Walter yeah um, let's see uh, there was a few good ones where he stuck uh he gets stuck in the bath, and then, yeah, I mean, it's all pretty, like, disposable stuff. But, it's funny, uh, though. Like, if you're a Walter fan, I mean, there was the origin right, of yeah, Walter as well. Right, yeah, they were pretty fun little one-pages, but there's nothing really to, like, talk about with them. Yeah. Uh, there was one, like, overarching thing where somebody was pretending to be Walter and was, uh, um, it was a different robot that was disguised as Walter that was created on the same day. Pretty much the Judge uh, Rico right. for Walter. That's hilarious. But then that uh, one gets thrown into a machine by the robot mother and turns into like a calculator, which uh, <laughs> which uh, Walter then, of course, wants to give to Judge Dredd as a gift. Uh, and then there was one. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Okay. But yeah, that was pretty fun stuff. And it's I think fun to say that Brian Bolden was an artist on Walter the Robot. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think. There's a handful more of those um, Walter things, but yeah, I think Bolin mostly does those. I also saw on the last page here that uh, coming up next is the Cursed Earth, which is yes. So that's Case Files Volume Two, uh, and it's a fair chunk of Case Files Volume Two. So I'm thinking next episode we might do the Cursed Earth saga uh, complete, if you, if you'd like. Yeah, I've actually read it. Um... Already, but yeah, I'm well, down to read it again. Let's do it right now, Adam. No, I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I, but I think we'll do it, and we and that way we can split up Case Files Volume Two, and we can do the Cursed Earth as one piece. I think it goes for about twelve issues or something, so it'll be a reasonable size. We can do, and we can do a bit more stuff as well on top of that. But we'll definitely do the Cursed Earth next time. Um, but I mean, in terms of Case Files Volume One, I think it's very raw. But I'm giving it 8 out of 10 because I think there's so much genius in, in the sort of creation of all this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, for me, I'll give uh, this part that we did today 8, which I think is a little bit better than the first half that we did before. Agreed. Um, 
I think there was a lot more fun stories, and I like the stuff on the moon. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, and I mean, it's it's raw, but it's brilliant because you're starting to see Mega City 1 and Judge Dredd's World reform really quickly around him. Like when we had Sov Judges, we had all sorts of stuff. The Lawgiver explained well. Like, you know, we had the Central Computer, uh, obviously the stuff with Walter. Like, they're building a world really successfully um, early and fast, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's all stuff I'll be excited to, you know, for it to come back. Yeah. Now, as well as this one, we then had a one-shot of one of my favorite um, stories from, I think it's 86. It's, it's 2000 AD 484. Great cover with Lights Out um, and Judge Drew. That's a classic cover that, that, that's on this page. Um, yeah, it is a cool cover. Yeah, it's a great cover. And do you like that logo? That's the 80s logo, the 2000 AD logo. That's the, that's their classic logo Very from nice. the 80s, yeah. Uh, now, this storyline, um, this is a great period for the comic, every, almost every storyline. This is Stan Lee. It's obviously a joke, the fists of Stan Lee. But this is one of the only guys, uh, there are other examples, but this is one of the very few times where Dredd is completely beaten in a fight. Um, Interesting. Yeah, this Stan Lee character coming in, great artwork. Who is the artist? Barry Kitson. Um, yeah, he's done a lot of... Uh... Legion of Superiors artwork. Really? Okay. Right. Wow. I, I can also al- almost see a bit of a Steve Dillon similarity as well. You know? For sure. Just yeah, I actually there. didn't know that uh, Kitson came from 2000 AD. Mm. I guess you might remember him from like JLA, JLA Year One. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that was very good. Um, now, basically, this Stan Lee character comes in to settle uh, a fight between uh, different... Uh, Organized crime groups um, in in Clubland, and he comes in. I love these things he's got on the side of his head, um, and he comes in. And he's just dominating people with nunchucks and martial arts and all sorts of crazy shit. And then Dread sees him, and he's like, "Climber, you stop your shoot!" And then he turns around, Stanley, and like whips Judge with the shuriken, throwing stars. And uh, Dread actually does tag him uh, with a with uh, the lawgiver, and then he goes in um, to fight him. And I was always really impressed that I was always like, man, this is incredible. Like this, I never had seen, when I read this comic the first time, I remember reading this as a teenager, I'd never seen Dread beaten like this, where he's literally left yeah. under a, under a you know, um, brick wall, basically, that falls on top of him. Um, and, like, he does get some licks in. Like, Dread's like, you, you want rough, Charlie Chan? Rough, you'll get. And he tries to hit him with a baton. And he catches the baton, and Dredd's like, Drock. And he gets, a, if you notice, there's a kick, two kicks on Dredd. Dredd gets a, a left hand in, a left hand swing, tags him. Um, he gets a backhand back, and then an elbow. Um, then he goes down, then a flying kick into the brick wall that collapses on Dredd. He's like, so much for Mega City lore. And then I was like, wow, Dredd's actually beaten. Charlie Chan, he get away? No sign of him, Dredd. We checked the Swedes Club, nine dead, including the Swede. And then I love this scene where um, Dredd's like, I assume you've got an APB out on him. Let me know when he's found. I want this creep. I want him bad. (laughs) And the way he's grimacing, and they're saying, like, judges have more important tasks to consider. It is assumed that the assassin has left the city. The case is put on ice, but not closed. I got a feeling I haven't seen the last of that creep. He'll be back, and when he is, I'll be waiting. And Dredd's, like, crumpling up the paper. Um, For me... I hope you enjoyed it as a one-shot, Adam. For me, it's it's like a 9 out of 10. I, I just love it. I just think it's a great introduction to the character of Stan Lee, Death Fist. 
um, who does come back, and there is a return fight. Um, I, I do like it. I uh, I guess it felt a little incomplete for me because mm. it, it seemed like it was maybe going to lead to more stuff with that character, which you're saying it does. So that's cool. It so does. It, it does. Not 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 a lot more stuff. Like there is stuff, yeah. but I don't think it's ever as good as this. But we will do the return fight. But it's just. In the classic style of Judge Dredd, what they often do is Wagner will build a storyline over a lot of time. So he'll bring a character in, you know, introduce them, and then he might not do anything with them for another 30 issues, and then he'll bring that subplot back in again kind of thing, you know? Interesting, yeah. I guess he did that with uh, Spikes uh, from the this yeah. last thing that we just I read. think his philosophy is he's got a weekly comic to produce. He can get round to it. You know, there'll always be a need for more content. Um and it's it's probably a year or two, a couple of years, and then Stanley comes back and there's a return fight. But he's never as good. The, the return fight's good, but after that, it's never as good. Like you're always like, man, they they kind of seem to <laughs> wussify the character. Like just the fact that this guy could come in and like and beat Dread. Like remember, Dread in the Batman crossover beat Batman in the first in the first volume. You know? Oh, is that so? Which yeah, is yeah. Controversial. I say a lot. Which is controversial, but he did do it. He beats Johnny Alpha, Stronium Dog when they fight. It's a close fight, but Dredd wins. Dredd does, as a street judge, he is trained to the pinnacle, you know, and he fights dirty and, and all sorts of stuff. But, I mean, I, I, I just wondered what you would think of this. And I also thought the artwork was fantastic and the fight scenes were fantastic. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Barry Kitson's uh, pretty great. Uh, yeah, definitely great fight scenes. Um, yeah, story-wise, I did really enjoy it and it really threw me to see him lose i wasn't expecting that i also wasn't really expecting you to like a story where dread loses well it's the quality of the opposition man he came up against a a champ in in uh in stan lee like you know i don't mind it when it's like it's not cheaply like i mean he fought hard i i I remember as a as a because i was stunned when i read it like a 14 15 year old davy reading it i'm like dread's gone down and he's not getting back up and so I examined the fight. I'm like, okay, Dredd got a punch in, but this guy got the other kick. I'm like, okay, the better fighter won on the day, really, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. But then um, I also like when Dredd's like, I want him bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I do want to check out that return fight for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the return fight, if not next uh, Dread or Dead. We can do it next Dread or Dead if you want. It's only, a, I think it's a two-parter, um, and it's a good fight. It's a good fight. Like so. Yeah, I was actually wondering. I mean, I guess this would have been like you said, like eighty-three or so. So it's probably after the big martial arts. It's like, eighty-six. I, mean, I believe it was eighty-six. This. Okay, so this it's probably week. after all this like big martial arts craze. Yeah. Um, but I just was kind of wondering if it was around then. But I guess it would. But have like been after. ninjas were always cool in the eighties and stuff. Like, nin- and that's kind of what he is, like a ninja. Um, ninja Turtle. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it was it definitely wasn't the 70s karate craze with Bruce Lee, but it was ninjas were a big thing in the mid-80s, for sure, um, in Western pop culture. I'm giving this one shot a 9 out of 10. It's one of my favorite one shots. Um, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. I'm going to give it an 8. I thought it was a really fun story, but... Um, and I yeah, think, like I said, if you want to, next, next, uh, next, next Red or Dead, we can do the two-parter as well. If we do Cursed Earth and the two-parter return fight, you like yeah, that? that should be a good. Uh, yeah, I think Cursed Earth is like twenty-five parts or something. Oh wow, so, yeah, okay. We'll we'll do Cursed Earth and then we'll do the Return fight as well. Um, so in essence, man, another Dread or Dead. In terms of news, nothing really to report. Um, the Dread ser- TV series has not moved at all. Um, lots of Dread content coming out still. 
Uh, there's a Guatemala trade that came out recently that I've ordered. Uh, Judge Red Case Files 37 uh, has just been released. I, I, I just ordered it and it was just shipped. So that's that's the most recent uh, case files that's, that's been put out there. I believe that takes us to about 2003, four. Um, so real quick to go back one, what was the Guatemala stuff? When would that be? Uh, Guatemala, it's a, it's a more recent collection collecting a series of stories that are set in that region. So they'll often put out that's like, cool. yeah, they'll often put out storylines that are set in like a city or something down there that have been collected over the last few years. I, I think it's quite a recent one, but I thought, well, why not? I'll, I'll pick that up just for my Judge Red collection. Um, so it hasn't arrived yet, but I did. It was a recent trade, and also the um, obviously the case files thirty seven has just been released. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, it's nice to have those all on the shelf, and now you know you're just purchasing oh, yeah. them one at a time instead of having to get. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, spending all that money to get all of them. Caught well, up. yeah. I mean, a lot of them I bought uh, back in the day, up to, probably up to about case files fifteen or sixteen. I bought them as they came out. Then I took a huge pause, but then when I got back into it again, I, I, I started buying them in bulk. The good thing is they're easy to get. They're, they stay in print. They're not expensive. Oh, that's good. They're, they're not expensive, and they're great for the shelf. They, they, they all retail in that 30 to $40 price range, um, which I think is acceptable, you know? Yeah, I I saw on the uh, this one that, you, that we were reading today, I thought it said it was only like 15 pounds, which... I don't know how much that is in dollars, and I don't know how long it came out, but that seemed pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're quite reasonably priced. Rebellion's done a fantastic job with um with the collections. They also collected Strontium Dog. They collected Rogue Trooper. I own all that. They collected Nemesis, all these big 2008 properties. But you can't go past Judge Red, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad they're keeping all that stuff in print, though. That's oh, really cool. Yeah, yeah I, it, it's an uh, easy way to read everything, where I feel like exactly. if you were to do that at the big two, it's uh, a lot harder to really yeah. know what you need to go. you got to be honest, man. When to... I read a lot of Dread, I just sometimes think, man, do I even need anything else? You know? Like, there's just <laughs> there's just so much gold. I'm not quite there yet, but I get it. <laughs> there's just so much gold. Well, look, Adam, thank you very much for coming back on. It's always a pleasure to Dread or Dead to walk the beat on the Big Meg. And uh, is there anything you'd like to promote, Adam? Um, obviously, we also do Legion Outpost. Uh, so, listeners, if you're interested in the Legion, Adam and myself do a, Le- a Legion Outpost show where Adam is the expert, aren't you, Adam? Uh, I'd like to think so, I guess. <laughs> oh, you're definitely the expert, man. Come on. And, um, yeah, and so there'll be more of that. And please check out Signal of Doom. Uh, we have a Patreon feed, um, patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Uh, look, as little as a dollar a month really helps the show. It goes towards uh, show hosting costs that supports Dread or Dead, Legion Outpost, and Signal of Doom. Um, it's a big assistance to me, uh, and it keeps us producing this quality content, Adam. Sure does, yeah. Sure. Dave really cranks him out. He's got Same Cinema way. of Doom going on. You know, all sorts of stuff. I am the law. You know, imagine, <laughs> imagine, Dread, like, if you were walking the beat, like in a computer game of Dread, I'd just, I'd stay in it all day long. You know, just busting <laughs> creeps, kicking doors down, crime sweeps. Have you heard of a crime blitz? So what they do is they, the judges every now and then will, will pull a crime blitz on a, on, a, on a block and just go door to door and search every house in the, or room in the apartment in the block just for, for crime. Just a way of oh, keep, wow. yeah, just a way of keeping the citizens afraid and uh, trying to keep them in line with the law, and so yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like how you still don't see you know Judge Dredd as the bad guy. No, definitely not. 
even after he just said, you know, just to scare everyone and yeah. keep in line. keep them in line, man. You got to keep that. You got to keep the You know, civil disobedience must be crushed. That's what I've always said. I've been saying that for thirty years, man. You know, <laughs> I love it. All right, Adam. Thank you and good night.